Uh, we're just uh, in the middle of a conversation where I found out that my dear friend Dan Duran is trying on his girlfriend's underwear. Mm-hmm. That's what yeah. I just heard. That's uh, <laughs> that's Fred's interpretation of my relationship <laughs> with my girlfriend. Lisa. Well, yeah, well, that's pretty specific stuff, though. It is, and. <laughs> Well, he didn't want to go to his girlfriend's because she's not going to be there all day. And I said that would afford him the opportunity to try on her underwear again. Yeah. Yeah. So, of course, that's something that I I chat with uh, about uh, to Fred all the time. Around the fire we go. Hey, by the way, I was trying on Lisa's underwear the other day. (laughs) Look at you, Dan Durant. I love the fact. I just am loving the fact you're going going with this bit. Exactly. You know, not as opposed usually, to usually he shuts it down. Exactly. Usually he just looks down. The, <laughs> you know, he, the first thing he does is he just looks down and goes, oh, God, Figured here we go. Okay. Or he's great at changing the subject. I've noticed. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, OK, well, let me just quickly change the subject before we get to Pierre Pauly of touching wood. <laughs> um, I so for people that and there's not that many that watch us on Facebook, but it's you know a nice tight group. And if you've noticed on uh, the last couple of days since we came back, that Fred has moved outside of his trailer. Dan's inside the trailer. I'm where I always am. And yesterday we moved you outside because the kids were there. Yes, the grandbabies. Yes, but they're not today. But I in. Other than the pitter-patter of the rain on the roof, which apparently you guys couldn't hear, I enjoyed this environment. And it looks great. It's cool, actually. Because I'm looking just like stone's throw from the lake, looking straight at it. Is that the room? um, Is that enclosed, that area you're in? Oh, yes. This is my, um, I guess you call it Florida room. Right. Why Florida room? Why can't it be a... I don't know why Florida well, I think gets Add credit. a room is a better way because Florida brings room. in Florida. And Florida didn't invent rooms off the room. Yeah, you know, it's like a porch with a screen in it. So, although I know why, because in Florida there are so many of those homes that have screened-in porches, mm-hmm. and I'm and I'm yes. wondering, is it because of the bugs, or is it some of them? I used to think they were because they were all around golf courses. I thought mm-hmm. that they were screened in to prevent being hit by golf balls. Uh, no, I think it's bugs and leaves and stuff like that in Florida. A lot of the, like, do they call them lanai's or something? Yeah, I was going to say the lanai's. I think what you're talking about, it looks more like a, a monkey cage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so you tend, even the roofs tend to be screened. <laughs> okay. So there's that. I, I, so I wanted to mention, everyone, that you're in a different location, but you're, at, you're, you're still at your trailer. Yes. Yeah, and then I noticed another thing that behind you yesterday, and we didn't have time because we had, like, so many people. Yeah, I was going to bring it up, too. That, I know what, um, say. what am I going to say? The There's sign? a sign behind me that says, live, live love, love, laugh. Okay. Yeah. And, and yeah. I don't want to mock that because I'm, a, I'm 100% certain that came from Dull. So No, it came from me. <laughs> I went to Winners and bought it. <laughs> I thought, okay, I'm not going to say anything because it's the Angel Delise. But I've always been curious about the live, love, laugh. I mean, in terms of the order... Because it's always that. It's not love, laugh, live, mm. or laugh, love, live. It's always live, love, laugh. And that's where I'd like to have this discussion. Hmm. You mean you, you don't think it's uh, it's too trite or something? Or? Well, first of all, it is. Uh, <laughs> well, you have. Well, you know my spin on these signs. It's like, don't tell me what to do. Exactly. Like you walk in a room, right? And you're given direction. These signs are like <laughs> so. telling you how to live your life. It's like, yeah, no, no thanks. Don't tell me what to do. So how is that? I agree. 
So how did that live, love, laugh sign end up on your outer room? Well, just think of the beautiful being that is my wife. Exactly. And she would look at that sign and be inspired by it. Yes. Because she's just completely positive and wants the best for everyone and everything. And and she likes that. Well, and, 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 I, and, and if I, she wants to put it in here. No. No, there's no, there's no problem. Fine by me. It yeah, doesn't well. change anything for me. <laughs> well, that's why. We I, had one, though. I told you. We, we, we bought one that said, you walk in here and it said the porch. Now, I really hate those signs. The obvious. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was just going to say that. Yeah. But I want to get you back drive, to Doll. You, you drive by a trailer and it says, there's a big sign that says the lake. Oh, really? <laughs> Thank you. And <laughs> the porch. Mm-hmm. But I yeah, wanted to get this comment on what you said about Delise. I knew that Delise put it there, which is why I said nothing yesterday. And I knew there was no time for it yesterday. I went to a cottage last summer, though. Yeah. That literally every available space was mm-hmm. filled with those signs. Mm. Um, all those classic cottage that we live, love, laugh was like that was the, the entry. When you walked mm-hmm. in, it was just littered with directions and it's cottage time. It's drink o'clock. It's, you know, mm-hmm. all those like, honestly, there were dozens of them, you know. It was no, like at it. wine o'clock. Well, all those things. It's like it's wine o'clock somewhere. Mm-hmm. Now you said the order live. Lo- you have to, you have to live to be able to love and laugh. Why can't you love you laugh live? Why can't you laugh love? Why can't you laugh live love? How do you love before you live? You laugh. You la- You laugh. You live. Then you love. <laughs> I know I'm good with this order Live like I'm living I gotta be alive And then yeah. I love And then through that love Comes laughter Because You're in that frame of mind But can't you also be laughing And also living love Loving life Living and loving <laughs> Maybe Maybe Maybe, Maybe. Maybe. Dan are you can. Dan's so bored of this conversation now He's on his phone <laughs> No, I was just no, seriously. I, I wrote down some. I don't know. I was, I, I was thinking about this like last week about all the signs that I've been seeing, like the lake, and I made a list of them somewhere. Where is that list? Phone. I love that. I don't know. It's like it's just all this stupid. Yeah, but this place last summer was unbelievable. It was just dock jokes and wine o'clock and cottage life and live cottage laugh love and all this stuff. It was it was quite something. I know. Um... It could, yeah, they can they can mm-hmm. they can be overboard. But on the mantle on our fireplace at home, you probably noticed in our family room we have a live love laugh. I as have well. not I've not noticed. Just that. in case, just in case, <laughs> between here and Brampton, you forget <laughs> to live love and laugh. That's right. But I mean, I haven't seen the. I don't get to the family room usually when I'm allowed to your home. I'm always in that outer area, and I sit there. I'm not. I'm never inside the main home. Oh, the main home. Chain. What's that? <laughs> to my chain. <laughs> I'm never... Now, you, you know, he, he says that, but yeah. the last couple of years was COVID, and, you know, it was probably your decision to stay outside, and then you... And then Rachel would, you know, being a woman, use the bathroom and go right in and right out. But, yeah, that's okay. Do you live, oh. love, and laugh in the bathroom as well, or just in the mantle? <laughs> No, you just love in the bathroom. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> laugh in the basement. And then if Sorry. somebody opens the door, they laugh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is uh, this is exactly the kind of show people expect from us. All right, Dan. Yeah. 
This episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from the Humble and Fred studios in Toronto and from the lusty shores of Lovesick Lake. And is brought to you by Bodog, Gig Sky, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Health Gauge, Relaxacare, and DraftKings. And now, here are two men who spent yesterday thinking about today and will spend today thinking about tomorrow. It's Humble and Fred. Yeah. I what would ours be? Live, complain, whine, <laughs> live, laugh, shit talk others. I saw one of those jokes that I... Whenever I see a joke like this, I think, oh, I got to tell Fred to love this. Damn, too. Doctor says, uh, uh, sir, your wife's been hit by a truck. The man says, oh, I, I know I married her for her personality. <laughs> I think that's right. Doctor said, yeah, sir, your wife's been hit. Your wife looks like she's been hit by a truck. Oh, I know. Oh, I yeah, married look, her. That's, looks that. that. I missed yeah, that yeah, part. Yeah, right. Live, look, look, live. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's right. Yeah, your wife looks like she's been hit by a truck. Oh, I know. I married her for I a personality. For yeah, that's a good personality. Yeah. Love that. Yeah, I knew you would. That sounds like a danger field joke. Yeah. I, uh, it's funny you mention him. There's a, a channel on Sirius that I've started. There's about four or five comedy channels, and I sort of rotate. Netflix is a joke and there's a laugh out loud one. But this one I've been listening to lately is called Comedy Greats. And they'll play old Dangerfield and Carlin and, and you know, whatever, Steve Martin. And they played uh, an entire, like a 10-minute Dangerfield routine from some club. And it was just, it was like a time capsule. And his act was just all that, you know. I get no respect. And, and good mm-hmm. jokes, like... All one-liners and just that's what I was thinking listening to it. I'm like, that is an enormous amount of material when you're doing it one line at a time. Oh, yeah. Wouldn't that be tough to just memorize? That's what I thought. I thought, how did he's like in a guy and at that time he was probably in his mid to late 50s. But yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's wild, man. Like with the way Stephen Wright was and yeah, like you're right. Like you just think, I mean, you throw like twenty jokes on the on the table, and that's like five. <laughs> not even. I mean, he was doing a, not even, right? You know, the the bulk of it was just line after line after line, and then mm-hmm. he does his whole no respect thing. But uh, speaking of which, we've got our very funny friend Ron James joining us. There's an evolution of a relationship where you know talk about mocking somebody, and now they're like a friend of the show. Ron's going to join us. Been uh, going across the country, and he's got a great perspective, not just on comedy, but on the, the world in general. I guarantee he'll have something to say about this Lugan. One of them represents the swing of an axe by a logger converted by hand. This is Pierre Polyev, who's literally making love to a tree or a, a rustic cabin. Of barns that dotted the countryside of Canada for hundreds of years this post and these boards were probably on a barn for centuries i picked them up from a local farmer 10 bucks a board 50 bucks a post i had to clean them by hand so what is the point of this video that you guys were talking about 
and debris. Well, I, uh, again, I was watching and then sort of lost interest towards the end. And then as Dan explained, it's a long way to get to the message of freedom, all that freedom bullshit that he seems to be hanging his hat on. Let me go to the freedom part. Well, I, does he, I don't know if he ever even says freedom. Does he, Dan? I no, he does. It's uh, freedom's uh, something to do with, uh, oh, I can't even, it was so convoluted, but it was basically a throwback to, you know, the way things were. Yeah. So that's what we're trying but, to get to back to where. But you guys are outdoorsmen. Do you not respect that he's an outdoorsman and he built this cabin with his own hands? Sure. <laughs> I, I'm just, what bothers me about it, or what sends the alarm bells off for me is, he does that, and it's sort of weird. I'm not going to say creepy, but weird. And, like, who's he talking to? And, again, with these guys like Poliev and that whole m- movement, I'm always suspect of dog whistles. Yeah. So it's like, like, what is that? And then f- today we find out that Patrick Brown has been tossed out of the leadership competition or race because of alleged financing uh, you know irregularities irregularities which is when's the last time you ever heard of that happening and now Brown is saying it's the poly, it's the it's the uh, party's uh, way of getting Poliev a clearer uh, route to the uh, to the leadership I don't know. It all stinks to me. I don't know. Here's the last 30 seconds, guys. I think this is when he starts talking about reclaiming what was ours and things. Scratch a utopia. I'm here to allow you to reclaim what has always been yours. That's why I say give you back control of your life. Not as though I'm a benefactor who's going to bestow it as a gift from above. It's already yours. You just need to reclaim it. Oh, I see. His whole thing is about reclaiming barn wood and turning it into a cabin. Okay. That's right. And and that's what I'm thinking, because that's the problem I have with the whole American thing. You know, all those Trumpers and all those white supremacists, you know, they want to return the country back to the 50s and 60s when they were in control. And that's the alarm. That's where the alarms went off with me with this Poliev thing. It's like, oh, is that what he's saying now? Let's return Canada uh, back to what it was pre-immigration. I don't know, man. I don't know. Well, when I was listening to it or watching it, it as Fred said, there. It, for me, it was the subtext. I felt uncomfortable watching the whole thing because I was wondering, what's the subtext to this? Where yes. is he? Where a, a where is where is he going? And then near the end, it's like, okay, I get it now. I'm finally three and a half minutes in, going, oh yeah, and now there it is, there it is, mm-hmm. and it's just uh, yeah, all the stuff that people who are really far far right and have those mm-hmm. whack out opinions will find something in there to. Uh, Yes. Nourish their fire, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and then last week he went for a walk uh, towards Ottawa with that that guy. His last name's Top, the military guy who, um, you know, has kept some weird company. Been on a few white supremacist uh, podcasts and what have you. You know, if I'm running for the leadership of the country, I just I stay clear of that stuff. Even if I even if I harbor those thoughts. But he seems to, he doesn't seem to care. He's going to align himself with that movement and uh, see where the chips fall. And I have great faith in my country that it will lead to nothing. All right. 
And again, you know what? This isn't the f- this isn't the most buoyant subject matter. But you know, Canadians, as we head towards uh, this leadership race in uh, the next few years, better you know keep your eyes open. Keep your eyes open. I noticed in his uh, video there was no live, laugh, love signs. So no. Maybe, <laughs> maybe he's against that, too. Mm-hmm. I'm Pierre Polyev. I do not endorse living, laughing, or loving. <laughs> That's right. Uh, okay, well, we can talk about him, too. Uh, Dan Duran's uh, news will be part of this program. Dan Duran, of course, uh, lead anchor on the news. <laughs> Lead anchor. Dan, what will you do between now and Dan Duran news time? And by the way, the Sherpa is on vacances uh, in France. So no live Sherpa today. So just be aware that at the end of Ron James, you come right back in and exercise right. your right. <clears throat> good thing we're uh, talking about the programming of the show on the show. That's good. Yeah. Well, there, good. This, there's no show. There's no show. This is just us. You know, people should figure, have figured that out by now. There's no show. Yeah. This is the All show. Right. <laughs> What do you want, a show? We sit down, start recording, (laughs) and go from there. That's right. Like, there were several moments in the pre-show, pre-record part where I thought, oh, this should be the show. You're talking about some nonsense. Right. Uh, I picked something out, and now I can't. Oh, there's some Trump stuff I wanted to share with you. I can't find it, but, uh, yeah, there's some, uh, you know, that uh, mass shooting, the one that uh, happened on July 4th? Mm -hmm. Not, you know, there's several of them, but. Mm-hmm. Photos are now coming out that they they showed this guy it was a ma- massive mega diehard Trump rally going QAnon guy. But and again, I'm not being paranoid. I'm just reporting the mass shooting in a strongly Democratic, heavily Jewish suburb. Like mm-hmm. what I heard yesterday, maybe you did as well. That this wasn't. Not this wasn't just a kid who had decided that this, you know, like the I don't like Mondays mm-hmm. argument that the silicon chip inside his head switched somehow. He'd been planning this for some time mm-hmm. and targeted that area. And again, I'm yes. just reporting what, what I've read here that they're thinking of also investigating this as an act of terrorism and a hate crime. Mm-hmm. I know. Yeah, planned for a long time. And did you see what he did? He dressed up as a woman so he could... A really weird-looking kid, right? Oh, yeah. And then after Face the tattoo, shooting, or just yeah. before the shooting, he dressed up as a very, very unattractive woman. Yes. And then dropped the rifle and then walked down onto the street to um, blend in with the crowd. Yeah, which, you know, when I'd heard that, I was like, okay. Then the mistake he makes, he goes to his mother's and gets in her car. Right. So people, even him dressed as a woman, sort of identified him and and said, well, that's that weird guy that's done all this weird stuff at school and in the neighborhood. Um, And then they just looked for the car and got him. It was weird. You know, it, and I, I'm. And this isn't going to be news to anyone, and certainly not to you and I. But I, I have both CNN open and right. Fox News site, their websites open, and it's it's pretty interesting to see how out of their way Fox will go to not mm-hmm. 
I, I know we're, we're, there's so many mass shootings there that it's hard to keep up. But remember, there was Buffalo and then there was one in Texas. Uh, Uvalde now seems like years ago. It was only a couple of weeks ago. That was 19 children shot in the face. Mm-hmm. Uh, just just park that thought for a second. Mm-hmm. Did you hear the description of what those weapons do to people? Yes. I saw someone on the news last night describing some of the victims from July 4th and they the his his terminology they were literally blown up by yeah blown bodies. apart exactly yes mm-hmm. you know we we tend to think of violence in terms of how we see it and experience it in entertainment yes but i heard that person uh, probably the same one you did describing it as something no human being should see mm-hmm so the simplest solution to all this, and it seems self-evident, uh, but it's, it, it would just be like, okay, maybe we don't need assault rifles. Mm-hmm. Like that would be the simplest solution. I've heard some interesting uh, ideas. One was to make gun owners get insurance or um, the same way you would to operate a, a motor vehicle. Mm-hmm. Or uh, another one, like a vehicle has, uh, what are those called? Uh, VIN numbers? Yes, that identify the car. Then one of the solutions I thought or I heard somebody say, "Well, put put um, identification or numbered on the bullet, so you'd be able to trace where they came from, how they were mm-hmm. manufactured." Anyway, mm-hmm. my original point was: you go to these two sites, and you'll see it. The Fox goes so far out of their way not to equate guns mm-hmm. with what happened. Here's a quick uh, up. Here's a quick uh, headline. This is Tucker Carlson. Is there a connection between mass killings and prescription drugs? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what the fuck? What? Mm-hmm. How about, is there a connection between mass killings and assault rifles? They don't want to say that. And that to me is, mm-hmm. and I know you've said this before, but it's the lie of omission, right? Mm-hmm. It's the thing they don't want to talk about. No, and nobody's questioning the mental health aspect. And yes, criminals are always going to get guns. Yeah. But these people aren't criminals. So, okay, we'll give you that. It's mental health. Well, what can we do to lessen the chances of someone who's mentally ill getting their hands on a gun? Let's start there. But even the, you know, that bipartisan bill that they signed on that gun control bill. It's like, it's full of compromises again, right? Because the Democrats have an idea. Well, we can't let them have the whole idea. So we'll let them have the idea, but pull it back a bit. So it looks like uh, we won a bit. So by the, by the end of it, yeah, you've got this bill, but it doesn't go nearly far enough or it's not thorough enough to really get to the root of the problem. Just another indication of how dug in each side is. Even when it comes to stuff like that, they just don't want to give an inch to the other side it's a horrible horrible situation that country's in right now that way it it, it, and there's and it's only getting worse like this adam kinzinger guy i think he's the illinois congressman or whatever he's one of the republicans that's on the commission that's been very critical of trump this morning you know i hear i'm i'm playing this thing all these 
phone calls he's getting to his office, like threatening to no, kill I've him heard and his yeah. family. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, I heard some of that so, yesterday. So where is where are Trump and and Jim Jordan and all these Republicans? Where are all these Trumpers? coming out why are they coming out and saying listen you know we we feel this way about that but you know this is going too far we don't want one of our colleagues to be in this position can you please stop or maybe it's time to pull this back a bit because innocent people now are being threatened there's none of that well they totally ignore it well they totally ignore it because uh, back to your original point which is neither side now wants to be seen as giving in or going along with the other side because it's no law and and it's not just now this has been going on for so long and by the way it's not just been going on since trump it's easy to think all this started because donald trump came down the escalator it hasn't i mean i've been watching some movies and shows lately that are sort of back in the 70s and 80s like it's been going on for a long time and once reagan got rid of the fairness doctrine it was all you know then it was all it, it really swung to the right but I, I was trying to find this thing I was trying to find you is one of these things that Trump put out on his official truth parlor or whatever that truth social feed. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I can't find it. But the point I was going to make is it's so outrageous what he wrote, but it's hard to know if it's real anymore. Mm-hmm. Like it's one of those things where if I read it to you mm-hmm. and it really doesn't matter that much, but it's the kind of thing when you read and you go, well, wait a second, is that because he's talking about. Joe Rogan and he won't go on his podcast and he's calling him lying Joe Rogan and then he refers to Ron DeSantis as a weak president like mm-hmm. it's just all that you know word salad is what they call it uh, of Trump nonsense but l- listen to answer your question if they if if you're if your calling is getting death threats because of your the things that your side is doing mm-hmm. that long ago that might have been a, a thing where I'd say hey no let, let's leave Fred alone because this has gone too far, but now they're, they just, it's not that they're encouraging them, they just don't want to discourage them. Well, this is it. And that's the scary part of this. Nobody's coming out, Trump or any of his, his crew. Yeah. They're not even, not even addressing it because they like the fact it may silence him and they want others silenced. Yeah. So that's why they're not taking a position on it. They're just letting it roll. That's how evil these bastards are. Really, that's how evil they are. In the back rooms, they're going, oh, yeah, okay. Maybe Cheney will get some more, too. And she's got her fill. And those are two great Americans. Liz Cheney and that Adam Kinzinger. Yeah. They're two great Americans. And, and listen, here's another thing. Have you heard those calls that Adam Kinzinger got? It's the, it's the usual... You know, and I know you can't stereotype and you can't generalize, but just listening to those people, you can, when you hear their voice, you can picture them, who they are and what they look like. Yeah, of course. Here's a tweet from the NRA. Since 1950, 94% of mass public shootings occurred in gun-free zones. And then someone responded with, yeah, but 100% of them were fucking guns. <laughs> like, like, and I don't think... You know, there was a thing I saw yesterday, of course, in the in the wake of this mass shooting, and it's July 4th, and of course, they're the greatest country in the world. But there was all these statistics that show just how far down from the greatest country in the world they are. Like, they're not, by, and we've talked about this, by any metrics, they're like 
15th, 18th, and, and whatever. But it, it's like the whole world looks at the USA now and wonders, well, wouldn't the simplest solution be to at least, at least say you can't buy a rifle that can do that to a human being? Mm-hmm. Because I know it's cliche and trite and tropey to say, you know, when the founders uh, created the Second Amendment, they were using muskets, Mm -hmm. which you got to shoot it once, and then it took you half an hour to do the thing down the pole with the thing. Mm -hmm. You could basically take one shot, and then, you know, everyone would run. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Unless the thing, you know, caught you right in the skull, it probably didn't kill you most of the time. And how dumb are you? Well, they're not dumb. They're just evil. Well, some of them are dumb. dumb. Well, I know to not make that correlation and think, you know, we, yeah, we got, we have to revisit the Second Amendment. Right. Because of what you just said. Yeah. And, and here's another thing, you know, the gun movement always uses the line, you know, guns don't kill people. People kill people. Well, yeah, they do. And listen, it's a big, huge mistake. You know, when you push for the, you know, regulation on guns, the banning of handguns, whatever you may want to leave out the mental health aspect. Yeah, it's a a major player in in the mix. But one less gun means one less opportunity. I mean, that's where it starts. And if this kid, if there were strict, this kid wasn't uh, like a... Well, of course, he's a criminal now, but you know what I mean? He he wasn't a like a gangbanger, not a drug dealer. He, yeah, yeah. he was mentally ill and got his hands on a gun. If he couldn't get his hands on a gun, what would he have done? It's not like he's out robbing banks or anything. If you follow what I'm saying. No, I, I, I absolutely do. And this is how it manifests. So let's start there. Let's keep guns out of the hands of mentally ill people. So we agree with you. Mental illness is a problem. Let's keep the guns out of their hands. How do you do that? Registration, you know, background (laughs) checks. And there's people even fight that. (laughs) And that's the thing is like after Uvalde, you know, where 19 children were ripped apart with these, with the, and, and again, wouldn't it be the simplest thing to say, yeah, and, and I've even seen this uh, idea supported by people in the military and people in the sort of there, there are people on on the right side, the conservative side of this argument. There are people that agree that a gun like that should just be banned and, and that still leaves all the other guns you want. But but for some reason, and maybe that's it, maybe it's just the they don't want to make it seem like they're soft on the second amendment but you mm-hmm. ask the question how dumb do you have? i think there are a lot of very mm-hmm. very dumb people i know it's easy to make fun of them because they're the ones at the trump rally but i mean it's time for us to realize they're not the smartest folk and and mm-hmm. they're so entrenched with this religion and the second amendment and all of it the abortion it's all just that's why i sort of lean heavily on Dan sometimes that religion is really the cause of all of this because it's so steeped in this weird American tradition of, you know, this Christianity and all this stuff. It's all in there. And and if you can't agree that you don't need a gun that shoots 30 rounds a second and rips human beings into bits, like, 
Well, I know you've said it, but I've said it too. They're, they're, the country is lost. I mean, our country has got issues, but it doesn't have that issue. Um, I would love to have the statistics on how many Americans who claim to have guns in their homes for self-protection have ever, ever really even needed them. Mm-hmm. Like how many? What percentage of Americans have had that gun there because you know what? Every three or four months, somebody comes through my bedroom window. Like, come on. It's just bullshit. And you talked about, you know, comparing it to Canada. Maybe this is a good time to segue to that story I told you about this morning, that Chris Broussard of Fox Sports talking about Kevin Durant maybe coming to the Toronto Raptors. He said it's not going to happen because Durant wouldn't want to come to Toronto because it's not America. It okay. just feels different up there, he said. Why don't we do this? I, I love yeah. that as a little bit of a mm-hmm. teaser. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about that in a second. It feels different in Canada. Mm-hmm. And again, you know, Kevin Durant's probably a very, very good basketball player, but doesn't mean he's a smart guy. Ow! Let me tell you about a little product. I uh, mentioned this, and by the way, we're going to get to uh, some of your emails today. I uh, mentioned to my uh, daughter, Charlie, last night that one of our sponsors was a a company called Ritual, and she's like, oh my God, I love that. Uh, I was like, really, you've heard of it? She's like, oh yeah, man. Uh, That's because they make great vitamins for men and women. 18 plus. If you've got gaps in your diet, you shouldn't ignore it. Over 97% of uh, human beings are not getting enough vitamin D from their diet. Uh, 95% not getting their recommended daily intake of key omega-3s. Ritual just released Symbiotic Plus, a gut health supplement with clinically studied prebiotics, probiotics, and a postbiotic all-in-one minty capsule. Just one delayed release symbiotic capsule per day supports your gut with all the quality and traceability you'd expect from Ritual. And I'm, uh, I've ordered some because my gut health has been, I think I've mentioned it, it's a little bit up and down and maybe, you know, especially uh, for men our age, maybe this is a great way for me to settle down my ecosystem. Right now, Ritual is offering our listeners, Fred, 10% off your first three months Visit ritual.com slash H-U-M-B-L-E and turn healthy habits into a ritual. That's 10% off at ritual.com slash H-U-M-B-L-E. Hey, everybody. If you're a sports better, a horse racing fan, a poker, a casino player, Bodog is your number one source of online gambling entertainment. From their industry-leading odds to their world-class sportsbook and feature-rich poker room, to their fully, all right, their fully loaded uh, casino and race book. They've been providing Canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience since 1994. Again, go to Bodog today. All the sports are there. You can wager <laughs> pretty much on every sport under the sun and in different ways. It's uh, it's a great it's a great way uh, for those who like to wager on sports to uh, you know get great information and make the right decision. Bodog. So, uh, where does Kevin Durant currently play? He was with the Brooklyn Nets. He has asked right. for a trade. Um, 
And again, they're just, you know, looking at the landscape and looking at teams that, number one, could use him and might have the assets to get him. And the uh, the Raptors have been ranked as number two. But this this Chris Broussard guy goes, it's not, and, you know, and he might be right. Um, although Kevin Durant growing up as a kid, the Raptors were his favorite team, actually, because he liked their sweaters and he loved Vince Carter. Mm. But again, you know, when you're an adult and you're making business decisions, but uh, yeah, he said, you know, Toronto is different. Canada's different. You can just feel it. And when I heard that, I thought, yeah, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) Yeah. What's your point? I like that. And then he said, especially for African-Americans. And I'm thinking, boy, that's interesting for a multicultural city like Toronto. But his point was that black people only make up 8% apparently of uh Toronto's population so um, they're not the main minority or something so a black person in Toronto doesn't feel the same way as a black person in the United States like top to bottom it was just a head scratcher right yeah Um, but anyway the backlash as you can imagine has been fast and furious from people in Canada who have taken offense to this although I will say bottom line I'm sure in the end I can't see Kevin Durant coming here either because when you're one of the highest profile players in basketball and you know basically you get to choose where you're going which ultimately he probably will um i'm not sure playing in canada will be his first choice never know well i I, you know again as an athlete people are making decisions based on more than just location but Mm -hmm. When I said maybe he's a good basketball player, but not very bright. But I mean, easy for me to say, of course, why wouldn't you want to live here or be in, in Toronto versus all those other cities you could play in? And you'd think as a man of color, you'd be, you know, more. I don't know. I, again, I hard for me to say that you don't get stopped here. But yeah, what's who knows what's going on in his head? Because it could be like a Kawhi Leonard thing. Right. Where. One superstar in that lineup. They're going to lose something, of course, in the trade. But he could look at it and go, boy, if I go there, I have an opportunity to win a championship like Kawhi Leonard did. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But this Chris Broussard guy saying, you know, Chris Bosh left and Vince Carter left and Tracy McGrady left and Kawhi left. And he's right. But if you go through the NBA, there's a lot of those situations. It is a sport where the superstars tend to move around, right? Yeah. Look at the biggest superstar of all. You know, LeBron James played in Miami. He's played in Cleveland. He's played in Los Angeles. Yeah. So it's, that's not... The fact that those players left Toronto isn't unique. No, of course not. And if, yeah, and you point out the fact that they move around isn't unique either, especially someone mm-hmm. like LeBron who came from uh, Ohio right. to begin with. Kevin Durant's moved around already. Yeah. I mean, on and on. You know, Kyle Lowry left the Raptors, went to Miami. Is that a mark against the Raptors, or is that just an indication of another veteran star wanting to try a different market? Here's a, just to change subjects, but same genre, the world of sports. The world of sports. What uh, do you think of the fact that the Leafs have just hired Dr. Haley Wickenheiser as their assistant GM? Uh, what do I think of it? Not much. Yeah. And I'll put it this way. What should I think of it? How's that? Hmm? What should a person think of that? Like, I have no understanding of what that might mean or... Listen, I go through the league and I couldn't name you another assistant general manager. Okay. 
so if the Maple Leafs had hired a assistant general manager and it was a guy, I probably would have thought nothing of it. I would have just thought, well, they must feel this person is capable of the job and maybe has the potential of being a, a general manager one day. So gender aside, that's just the way I look at at her. She's worked within the organization and they've determined that she's got the parts maybe to be general manager. So let's see where it takes her. If she does a great job, she will. If she doesn't, she won't. I, I, great. Mm-hmm. Thank you for that. Because mm-hmm. I saw it as a story and I'm like, I don't know what to think about it. I'll ask Fred. What do you think of this? A new fan survey. According to Breakfast Television. And this was uh, sent to me by one of our longtime supporters, Michael Parker. A new fan survey ranks Toronto Maple Leaf fans as the worst in the league. When asked who the most annoying, who is the most annoying, people voted Toronto. When asked who the most delusional, also Toronto. Asked who the most prone to melting down, same. Yeah, I saw that. Okay. Um, yeah, I like, I, I don't know, point by point. Are Leaf fans really delusional? I don't know if Leaf fans are delusional. I'm like, I'm not. I, I know a lot of Leaf fans. We expect the worst. Is that delusional? <laughs> yeah, but I think that you've passed through several stages, you know, like the, like the stages of grieving. You're at a different level. Mm-hmm. I guess. You know, you think about a lot of those. I know the kind of Leaf fans they're talking about. There's a bunch of guys on this golf WhatsApp chat that mm-hmm. I see, and, and they're, they've... They're all good guys and, and a nice a bunch of nice golfers too. And mm-hmm. but during the leaf season, I, I rarely go to that chat because it's all just leaf stuff. And they're they are delusional. They have this sense of this is our year and math. You know what I mean? Like I see the kind of stuff that goes on. Those are the kind of leaf. They're those kind of leaf fans. I, I I know, but when you dissect that, the Maple Leafs took the Tampa Bay Lightning to seven games. And then the Lightning cruised to the final and lost in six games to Colorado. So is that delusional to think this was our year? If they'd have won the third period against Tampa Bay, maybe they would have got to the finals. So it's not like it's a... Listen, there were years where the the Leafs had really shitty teams and then would make a a trade at the trade deadline. And people, yes, delusional think that might be enough to win the Stanley Cup. And in this case, I'm I'm not so sure. No, that's fair. You know, know, this is... Uh, of course, you live in a Toronto Maple Leaf area, and you see that on social media. To me, the most ridiculous fans are the Montreal Canadian fans. Yes, they're horrible. Well, they are. <laughs> I mean, you talk about delusional. You know that that joke. How many Montreal Canadian fans does it take to screw in a light bulb? I don't know that. Uh, one hundred and one, one to hold the light bulb, and a. And a hundred to tell you how great the old light bulb was. <laughs> hmm? uh, that's good. Hey, uh, that's what they're all about. Oh yeah, they're terrible. Yeah. Uh, speaking of sports, the action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer with tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports. You can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to one thousand dollars. That's right. Make your first bet up to $1,000. And if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. You can throw down on all the major action for baseball, golf, 
MMA, and more, plus with same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, your betting options feel endless. Now, we've already talked about uh, some trades in basketball, but there's, listen, there's lots of stuff coming up. Uh, the Open Championship, uh, lots of things to keep your eyes on. Best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the app today, DraftKings Sportsbook. Use promo code Humble and Fred. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code Humble and Fred. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, color. No, that's not right. Must be 21 or older. New customers only. Minimum $5 minimum deposit. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. And if you feel you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Let me tell you about the Chambers plan, okay? Uh, It's group benefits for small business. Canada's number one group benefits plan for small business. Get a free quote today. Go to chamberplan.ca. Our buddy Brett Tanner was on last week, and he told us about, you know, many aspects of it, uh, new aspects of it. We have a uh, mental health uh, uh, an option, uh, uh, HR, uh, which is fantastic. I mean, listen, they've held the line on premiums for small business, and they just keep growing the product. It really is remarkable. And you'll be surprised if you have a small business how affordable this is. What a great thing to do. I mean, you want to talk about mental health. What a great thing to do for your employees to tell them that your small company now has a benefits package. It can be done. Prescriptions, dental, all sorts of things. Take the time. Go to chamberplan.ca. Find out what it's all about. Get a free quote and take it from there. Chamberplan.ca. All right, we're going to switch gears here. It's uh, our pleasure to welcome back to our program our uh, very funny, uh, bright friend. You know, our relationship with Ron started off, you know, kind of rocky years ago, but now it's just solid. Recently nominated for a Leacock Memorial Medal for Humor for his book All Over the Map. Is there anything he can't do? Uh, please say hi, and uh, if you want to throw your camera on, that'd be great. Uh, Ron oh, yeah, James, that wouldn't hurt, would it? Thank yeah, you Ron much. James is yeah, here. Yeah, thank you yeah don't much. worry about it. Yeah, yeah. Listen, hey guys, you know, where are you? We're great, man. I, I always look forward to seeing you in person. I, I send you the Likewise. odd note. You and I correspond once in a while, and I'm always I, you always smile when I think about you. What's that, pal? Thank you, buddy. Uh, may I say, you, you know, the relationship getting off Rocky in the past, I was uh, switching medications in those days, speaking of mental health. Yeah. And yes. uh, that's not an excuse. And uh, I got wound up on the 401, stuck in traffic, couldn't find your place. And uh, the uh, the neocortex uh, in the frontal lobes of my brain decided to do um, uh, an overhit of adrenaline. Yeah. Well, let's there not, you, you know, we don't, we don't, you, here's the thing about the three of us. We don't need to dwell on that. All we know is that for the last uh, number of years, it's always a pleasure to welcome you back to the show. And as I said, sometimes as I'm going to be in a, a club on Friday night, for some reason, I always think of you because I think, and what do, I want to let Ron know that even in my early 60s, I'm still trying to get up on stage every once in a while. Well, it's important, too, because it's the life force, Howard. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's what called us to the microphone. Uh and I don't know about you, but I never forget uh, the trajectory from those sweat-soaked amateur nights yeah. of trying to define your voice to finally 
you know, getting a chance to middle or open and, 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 and the long haul it is to become comfortable in your own skin on that stage and proficient at your craft. And eventually you begin to realize that it's not just about getting laughs. It's about what you get laughs with. That's interesting. Yeah, for sure. Um, right. I don't want to get too much into the, the craft of stand-up, but just uh, just indulge me for a second, Freddie. I saw a shot of you backstage, because Ron goes on, and you'll do typically when you tour 90 minutes, hour 20? No, I, I usually do everything from 100 to 2 hours. Come on! I do, yeah, without a break, yeah. And I'll tell you why. I, I, I wanted to give the audience an honest bang for their buck. Uh, and I, um, I know that, and as well as you know, and every comedian in the country knows that we're constantly living beneath the shadow of Lady Liberty and the measurement of fame with the greats down there who pull in, you know, a pharaoh's ransom every year. And uh, so I thought that when I started out, I, I had my one man show, Shaky Town. I take a break and then come out and do 45 of stand up. But then as I began to build more and more and more material and began to enjoy myself more on stage, uh, I thought that um, that's what they're going to be walking away with is knowing they got an honest bang for their buck. Yeah. Well, what I want to and what you first of all, that, <clears throat> I, I'm I'm blown away by that. And one of the things I saw a shot of you backstage, I think it was backstage before a show. And this was a couple of years ago. And I may have sent you a note about this, but it was a shot of you. Looking at a sea of pages. Yes. And the reason I bring it up is because I, I, uh, I'm doing like, I talked to Darren Frost. I'm working with Darren and Kenny Robinson this weekend at the They're the record. best, man. Just the I greatest. love those guys. I, I, I tip my hat to Darren. He, he's uh, a hustler. Just, I mean, anyway. he just keeps going. But let me get to this quick point is I'm going to do about 12 minutes. And I said to Darren, I come up and do 12 or 15, whatever. And, and I started thinking, OK, I haven't been on. I haven't done my act in about a month. And so what am I going to do that night? And just trying to remember it. But Fred, that's one. 12 minutes is like three or four bits. A hundred minutes. I don't know. That shot of you looking out at all these pages. Yes. It kind of reminded me of that Seinfeld uh, documentary where he's pacing in a hotel room trying to get to remember his hour that he's put together. I mean, again, I don't want to get too much into the details, but how do you remember that? Uh, it's a muscle, Howard. And um, when I pace my pages backstage prior to the show, that hour before the show... It's my holy moment. It's where I have to get my game face on. I remember Mike Myers telling me years ago during the pressures of Saturday Night Live, he didn't want anybody to mess with his game face prior to the show. It's where you get in the zone. And I've got my routine, I have my exercise in the daytime. I have a light supper sometime around five. And then I'll have two small Red Bulls backstage. I used to have an espresso, but they made me thirsty. But I find the Red Bulls are an absolute shamanic fuel for the uh, – and I'm not trying to get their sponsor. Actually, I wanted to call one tour uh, the Robaxa set and Red Bulls. <laughs> R&R, <laughs> baby. My back was open. <laughs> anyway, whatever. Uh, so I have that, and I just, I just pace them, you know, and as the tour goes on – uh, you certain bits become elongated. Others are jettisoned. Uh, you, as you well know, you're constantly honing the honing the bits diamond hard. And I've also, I mean, each each tour, I try to bring the audience at least 
at least 50 to 60 percent new material. Mm -hmm. So it behooves me to constantly be writing as well. And with how fast the world is changing, Howard, I mean, I I, I found myself evolving into strong political points of view, given the polarization of America and the subsequent invasion of Trumpism into the Canadian political system and and the dangers of that. I mean, that craven liver little prick, Pierre Poliev, he's got a new thing on now where he's talking about barn boards. And yeah, we played the video this morning. Yeah. Oh, you got hilarious. Isn't that hilarious? Have you ever seen a stretch like that? If a comedian stretched a bit like that, people would be walking out. Yeah. This unctuous, opportunistic, craven, political lifer manages to. I, I love when fascists get all folksy with the Volk. You know? No, I agree. I, I, we agree. We made that point. You know, the way it's seeping in, you know, uh, Trumpism, whatever you want to call it, seeping into the mindset up uh, up here of some. Yeah, it's scary. That's what I, I think it is. But to go back to what you said at the very beginning, hey, Ron, we all have our moments. Me and Howard have had our moments, too. You know, yeah, where we yeah, yeah. Okay, and it ne- didn't necessarily involve drugs. <laughs> Just, yeah. But you talk about, you know, the sensibilities. um we were talking earlier about the sensibilities between the United States and Canada, and yes. we were talking about that Kevin Durant story and how a sportscaster looked at Canada and said we're different. What about you? Have you ever thought of taking your act to the United States and how it might how it might um, play? Because oh, no. Steve S- Steve Smith took the you know that the Canadian folksy thing to the states and did quite well. Yeah, well, that's pretty. Uh, uh, that's very universal. You know, a guy in a bib uh, in bib overalls talking about duct tape and a plaid shirt. I mean, mm-hmm. that's going to play all along the Midwest and right. Tenotomy. I mean, they had huge fans, huge yeah. turnouts where people would show up dressed as his. Yeah, character. you know what I heard because mm-hmm. we're we're one of our best from mm-hmm. one of my best friends was a regular on that show. Jeff Lumby played the uh, sewer sucking guy. Yes. Jeff. Jeff told me they would go to these PBS stations and red green would uh, be the highest rated or the highest amount of pledging was when they would come on one of those pledge drive for those stations in the Midwest as your point. Yeah. You know, the guy was a machine too. I mean, he pumped it out all the time. Him and, yeah. uh, 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 him and the writers. I, I mean, you have to tip your hat to somebody who managed to own seven. Was it seventeen years on television? Yeah, a lot of. Mm-hmm, but, mm-hmm, but, mm-hmm. but to Fred's point, there is there no. Uh, again, not to. We're going to get to the fact that Ron's playing Stratford. I want to talk about that in a second. But, uh, but sure. um, is there not enough of that material that would have a universal, or is it so yeah, slanted? No, 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 I, no. I think there is no, no, and uh, it, uh, and uh, I've become. Uh, more uh, uh, more visceral and less less folksy, I think, in my old age. As as we get older, we see our line in the sand far clearer. Mm-hmm. And um, I thought about doing a one-man show uh, at the New York Theater Festival called uh, My Neighbor Next Door. Mm. And uh, just the perspective of the next-door neighbor, how... And I wrote about this in the book as well, how... Um, how much we were influenced by the lore of America and how Howard in the days we played just for laughs, we thought we'd catch lightning in a bottle and wake up in a Warner brothers bungalow, kicking a bag of money around (laughs) Mm -hmm, while mm -hmm. we invented our own sitcom, right? Because the myth uh, was made manifest when you'd see some wonder kid, you didn't know who the hell he was uh, walking in a wedge of carcinogenically tanned uh, Los Angeles agents and managers about to take him to the next level. And, uh, 
look, I'm long in the tooth now. I'm 64. I feel great, though, uh, physically and mentally. But I can't help but think that the America that I knew yeah. and, and, and idolized growing up has become so fractured and polarized that for a Canadian to come down there is to invite and tell them what they see is to invite a certain amount of vitriol if he played the club circuit. Now, I got a right. buddy who just wrote, Nathan McIntosh, an, an excellent young comedian, about 20, 25 years my junior, who's been working at the Comedy Cellar for nine years and just wrote uh, a great little uh, series that I shot with him and Jonathan Torrance in Nova Scotia called Trapped. And we got great reviews from uh, John Doyle in The Globe, which is very rare. But he was telling me that a lot of his buddies, uh, uh, and he's been warned as well, there's guys waiting for you outside, man. There's guys waiting for you outside, so stay in the club a while, okay? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a different world, you know. I mean, look, 375 million people down there are packing heat. No, 395. Yeah. I talked to a guy when I was doing a corporate gig at PV Industries out in Red Deer several years ago from Kansas. He had 5,000 weapons, boys. Oh, wow. He told me. Owned a franchise. Had yeah, to that, a warehouse. Yeah, that, that that's a good point because, you know, a lot of comics down there don't even want to get political because they don't want to alienate half yeah. their audience, maybe. But for a Canadian to go down there and start taking shots at their political system, yeah, it might be a bit risky. <laughs> but I, I, I always have been interested, however, in, in, uh, in drawing... Uh, in in using that my neighbor next door as the premise to go into mm-hmm. some kind of theater festival rather than the club circuit because I was never uh, I was just never good at eight minutes that's why I do the long shows no too. I understand but, people, but, you know and also you minutes. said something about two things you said I want to quickly comment on one is at sixty four I'm sixty two he's going to be sixty six is your birthday soon is it like next week who me yeah, yeah. Saturday mm hmm. At the age, you know, at the age we're at now, and I was just thinking about you as you were saying it, Ron, like, you, you, what, what is the point of spending the energy to do that when you already have a pretty nice pathway for the next whatever mm-hmm. number of years mm-hmm. you want to continue doing this, as do we. Like, I get asked, well, Freddie and I get asked all the time, especially in light of some recent radio bullshit here in Toronto, would, yeah. you, would you guys like to do the morning show at Q? Would you ever go back to terrestrial radio? And our answer is always the same. Like, we're done getting up at 3.30 in the morning ah, doing this boom. shit five days a week, right? Boom. There so, it is. I, and, and at my age or our age, the energy it would take for us to go back into that world made me think of what you know do you really need to go back and no, no, crack be that market again with eight comics no pacing right like, uh, pacing like cats in a cage in no the zoo? you don't want that you don't need I, it and the I second those are just for yeah. laughs you know i was gonna say and the second thing is uh, just like you i grew up in a small town in saskatchewan and I, I i i idolized americans all i ever wanted to do was move there i go to los yeah. angeles about the same amount of time about three years i toiled there going on open mics and it and it it still was i was enamored with americans now i just look at when i'm watching television i think where are those americans where are the ones that we grew up thinking they were the coolest right you got it you got it where have where they gone they? where did they go what what they export um <laughs> you know i i, I don't I don't know what happened, and I think they're trying to figure what happened as well. But it's just been a historic. It's just it's just been a sequence of historic uh, blunders. 
uh, that, you know, probably you can trace it back to Vietnam. After that, you can go up to the Iraq war, the, the fraudulent war exercised by, you know, and right wing Christians. And, and, and yeah, now all of it, all of it, all of it. It's all it's all messed. And um, but to get back to what you said about not getting up at 3 a.m. in the morning. Uh, and I love your sign there, fiercely independent, that that byline beneath the both of you. And really, uh, look, freedom, that's it. Uh, the, uh, the freedom to work and feel happy when you go into work. And yes, the road gets old. Yes, I tire of hotel rooms. Yes, sometimes you get blue. But when that audience is there and the theater's packed, you know what you're on the road for. I won't be doing it forever. You know, my producer and uh, exemplary producer, Terry McRae and his sons, I mean, he's sneaking up on, on, on 70, 68. I'll be 65 next year. There is a shelf life to it all. And I may be more judicious as to which venues I play and to how ambitious the tours are. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I'm like you, uh, everybody our age. I mean, you're thinking about, you know, you know, fattening your kitty, making sure that you're not sleeping mm-hmm. beneath an overpass. You know, shipping a shoebox <laughs> That's right. The, the key, obvious, obviously, for you two, Ron and, and us is the control. We yes. just love not answering to anyone. Isn't it, again, isn't it refreshing? Yeah. Well, it's just, it's fantastic because yes. how often over the years you're in a situation, a ratings book comes out or something and it's like, boy, is this it? Are we going to survive this? Or what's the pressure going to be and like from those yes. from those guys above us? And to not, not have that out of your life is amazing. It's great. And it creates that, that those conditions of the workplace create a sense of anxiety, which mm-hmm. promotes a toxicity. I mean, when I had the series on CBC, I was going apeshit trying to get those dinks and publicity there to at least acknowledge that we were on the air. Mm-hmm. And it mm-hmm. was endless. And you keep you get tired of playing the corporate, the good corporate citizen showing up at these things and and being there. And they're pushing you out of the way to talk to somebody else. And it's like enough, enough. I've got people who leave their homes in a blizzard in Edmonton to fill the Windspear Center. Why are you more important than them? Mm-hmm. And so there was a culture of anxiety and it exists. It's not just exclusive to the mother core. It was the same at global. It's for the most part, the same at any big network, I suppose, and any big radio station. You're answering to so many different people. There's so many chefs. There's so many people trying to justify their existence. And all we want to do is just deliver something to the people. Mm-hmm. And, and to Fred's yeah, point, absolutely. and that really, and, I, and I, again, a bunch of stuff happened about a month ago, and we kept getting asked, would you do Would you do? Would you go back? What are your thoughts? And I said, you know, this isn't by any means the most money we ever made, but it is the funnest money we ah, ever made. Because, mm-hmm. you know, he and I basically answer to each other and a couple other people that we work with and sponsors. We have to, we're supported. Right. I'll tell you, we ha- are supported by not only our sponsors, but the audience were on what you just said, what you just said about people leaving their homes and Calgary, Edmonton and the interior and, and coming to see you, you know, maybe those numbers aren't the same as you would be if you were a CBC uh, sitcom guy or CTV, but those people came to see you and our, our audience. Yeah. It's not what it was at the edge. And, but I'll tell you, it's pretty good. And we know one thing they're doing it on purpose. They're, they're downloading today's show because they want to, it's not like they just happen mm-hmm. to be on in the fucking background somewhere. Ah, isn't that uh, so astute? And that's it. Authenticity. 
You know, I meet so many people our age who say, look, uh, I, uh, I met a journalist, uh, for instance, and uh, at uh, in uh, London after my show. She's uh, a friend of my buddy up there who does my IT stuff. And uh, she was uh, in Bosnia. She was all over the world. She was in the high end journalism world. And she said she and her husband moved from Toronto back to London. Uh, she runs the London Documentary Film Festival. And she said, it works. I'm happy. And I'm not working with tools. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And. Mm-hmm. Not to say that everybody who cares about their job and wants to speak to you is a dink, but a lot of things can get in the way of just allowing somebody to do their job and feel happy about it. And if these people leave their homes and download your show, uh, see me or listen to your show, it's like you said, it's because they want to. And that authenticity goes an awful long way. It's soul food. Yeah. It, 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 it's it's collateral that you can bank that allows you to believe that life is all about the long haul and it's worth it. Yeah. We're not being jettisoned because we're in our 60s. And I know guys with great writing pedigrees in their early 60s who can't get through the door anymore. Yet back in Nova Scotia, I know there's lineups on the front porch to talk to an 87-year-old boat builder. Yeah. No, you for know? sure. Yeah, absolutely. We're not being, you know, we're not, they're not being cold, but we yeah. are. And that's the wonderful thing about the road. And as you say about your show is that you can get up in the morning and hit the, you know, right behind the mic. I can hit the road and I feel happy. And another great aspect of this is for years we had people giving us direction and those people that gave us the direction were giving us direction because they weren't very good at what we did. So. <laughs> That's right. That was my they, favorite. They became, a, they became the person giving us direction. Yeah. Another thing that we've been... Uh, and uh, where are they at now? Yeah. Where are they at now? Well, a lot of them are... Hiding. Yeah, hiding. I was going to say, a lot of those guys. Uh, we've only got a couple more minutes. I want to mention that uh, you are uh, nominated for the Leacock, which I give you Mazel Tov at the uh, the Avon Theater. This is cool. It's I've been to that theater a couple times. The Avon Theater in Stratford, Ontario, July sixteenth. When is the is this the end of the tour or is it just a break uh, after this for a bit? Uh, This is something entirely independent of the tour. Uh, I've still got the West to do in the fall. We had 18 dates out there, and then uh, Jesus. we'll swing through Ontario in the wintertime and pick up the dates with about a dozen that we didn't do last year. Uh, but Stratford invited me. I played the Avon way back in. Uh, every time I say Avon, too, I can't think. Of, I can't not think of my aunt giving me a soap. <laughs> <on a rope. laughs> I know mm-hmm. Avon. We're all the same age. I'll tell you here before before I forget. When you you've said it twice in this conversation, I fucking love it because I use this word so much growing up. As a kid, the word "dink" that was like that was like I don't know if you remember this in, in Ontario, but that was like early swear words for us, right? Yeah. You called somebody yeah, a was. dink. To me, that's a real Canadian thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. You're a like, dink. And, and I don't know if your father did the same too, but I was well past saying "dink" and "wicked" in my seven, uh, when I was like seventeen or eighteen, and he was going, "Whoa, wicked!" <laughs> um, anyway, uh, Stratford invited me. I did the Avon theater i performed there in 2020 raising money uh, it was a benefit performance for uh, a theater that they were building that that wasn't uh, with the festival and lo and behold the festival had been planning to introduce stand-up the next year and they just so happened to be there and i guess they figured in terms of a business move 
uh, you know, some guy with a glass of water on a stool on stage and two Red Bulls backstage is a hell of a it's lot a cheaper hot. than mounting mm-hmm. the Pirates of Penzo. Right? <laughs> it's a little cheaper. Yeah, way cheaper. So uh, uh, anyway, I'm there and they made me part of the festival and I've never, uh, my goodness, they're just so great to work with. Uh, they're proactive. They're psyched. And uh, it holds 1100 and damned if we're not sneaking up on 760. So Good for I'm you, delighted. man. Uh, Thank you, brother. Just Google Ron James. You want to see him on tour, uh, check out his book. Uh, we recommend Thanks. All Over the Map and his sold-out national tour, Back Where I Belong. Uh, I will send you a note Friday when I'm a little nervous just before I go on. I go, fuck, man. This is why we do it, right? Where are you playing? Where are you playing Friday? Uh, with Kenny and uh, Darren, we're going to be at the rec room along with Shannon Lavertry. Uh, Lavertry, I believe. No, Lavery. Laverty. Lavery. Laverty. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, Dave Martin. So it's going to be a good okay. show. And uh, I'm going to be on uh, early because I said to the guys, I'll do a set, but I got I can't stay till 1030. It's too late for me. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. All right, Ronnie. Thank you guys. Good Take to care, see you. my friend. Okay, Ron. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, Thank you very much. He's no All dink. Ron James Bye-bye. is no dink. Hey, thanks, man. You too. Okay, brother. Uh, you know who else uh, Ron is? He's our uh, Gig Sky guest of the day. You know what? I, I was at Gig Sky headquarters here in Canada yesterday, out in Brampton, hanging out with uh, Rudra Rishi Maharaj. I got to tell you, man, uh, it's quite the operation. I got the hot spot. Uh, for Spencer on her way on their way to uh, Europe today, you know it's just crazy that you it's like a portable Wi-Fi. If you don't you don't have to get the hotspot, you can actually just get the SIM, put it in your phone. But it's peace of mind when you travel, like you surf with the touch of a button. It's so, and Ruger mentioned yesterday, it's cheaper, way cheaper than getting that Rome at buy home. What is that? Whatever they do in the the, the phone companies, way cheaper yeah. than that. Uh, GigSky offers a 100% data plan. Uh, visit GigSky.com. You can also get travel rewards. And right now, as always, download the app and enter the code HF2022 for $5 off your first plan. Or visit GigSky.com for more information. Well, it's Wednesday, but the retirement Sherpa will not be with us today because he's in Paris. Enjoying himself in France with his wife. Good for him. Good for him. You know, he really enjoys his life, does he not? Uh, Tim Niblett. And listen, you'll enjoy the work he does for you if you take him on as your guy. He's the retirement Sherpa. Tim is a portfolio manager. Raymond James, a member of the Canadian Investors Protection Fund. Uh, Week to week, Tim gives us all sorts of valuable information about the markets and where we're going and uh, ways to put your life in order as you get older because it's something that you've got to do. Licensed on both sides of the border, Uh, Tim will take the time to look at your portfolio, even if it's managed by somebody else, and give you his opinion. No strings attached. Uh, no commitment whatsoever. He'll give you the straight goods, and then you can take it from there. Make your decisions. He's the retirement Sherpa, Tim Nibbler, retirementsherpa.ca. Now, normally, um, we do our emails today. I'm just wondering if, you know, Dan Duran's going to come back on here in a second and do the news. Maybe we'll do this. Maybe we'll do our emails, and then, uh, Dan, if you're listening, so let us get through these. And then we'll get to uh, Dan Duran. And I think Toronto Mike's going to pop in. Oh, there's Dan Duran now. He didn't even hear me. Well, let me let me see. Let me tell him now. And uh, tell him to stand by. Stand by for Dan Duran. <laughs> Dan. 
Yeah, I just, I just turned it up. Okay. I'll go you, away again. Well, okay, it's up to you. You, know, you can just hang in here while we do these. Or uh, whatever you want to do, man. Yes. Okay. I'll, I'll go away. You can, you, well, you can sit there and smile and laugh and chuckle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> it's ready to go. Dan, why don't you uh, stay, just, just sit there and live, love, and laugh. Okay. See it. <laughs> <laughs> this is more for the Facebook feed because when you're here, it's not as ghastly for people to look at. Uh, That's right. I've been think, I've been thinking about that sign behind Fred. It can be very uh, you know uh, humble and Fredish, uh, like broadcasty. If you just cover up love laugh, then it looks like live. Wow, interesting, live. interesting. Ah. Maybe, maybe, <clears throat> yeah. Or maybe not. I'll just smile and laugh. <laughs> I just uh, I I don't know if we're going to get to it, but I, there was a sign in America uh, yesterday, and, and somebody put it like, like it was not like a homemade sign. It was like produced. Mm-hmm. That's another thing that fascinates me: how fast these people in the mega world, all the stuff that you've ever seen, some of the stuff they've got Trump on and. It is really, it's scary. Anyway, one of the signs that somebody had draped over an overpass so people could read it was, need an abortion? Try the COVID vaccine. <laughs> Fuck me. It's like, how broken are these people? Mm-hmm. They actually, there's, that's why when you were talking about Kevin Durant, like, you know, maybe he's a great mm-hmm. basketball player, but they're just, it's a culture of dumb. Mm-hmm. If you need an abortion, try the COVID vaccine. You know, mm-hmm. like it's it's so bizarre, and, and they can't see the they can't see the they can't see the hypocritical uh, irony of wanting to regulate women's bodies, but don't tell us to wear a mask. This um again, this is obscure. I shouldn't even give him a you know the light of day a moment. But there's a guy on that uh, Saga nine sixty station that Surrett works at, and they've decided let's be Canada's or Toronto's whack job radio station. And I heard a segment of his last week. That young comic who died? Nick Nemiroff, yeah. Yes. The whole spin was, isn't that interesting that a young 31-year-old comic? And the way they raise questions around it without actually saying the vaccine killed him. But, you know, questions need to be asked. Like, how many times was he vaccinated? And why don't people want to talk about young people dying at an alarming rate? Which I find odd because I don't know any that have died, but... Um, and that's so, by the way, convoluted it, oh, because and, and, I don't know anything about that kid, but I have heard from mm-hmm. some people that, you know, it's not like he was sick and then died, you know. So before you start right. thinking about, oh, it's a vaccination, what right. are, what are, what's the likelihood of a 31 year old, mm-hmm. you know, dying? What is it? What would the first thing you'd think of? Uh, well, Marty Street. Pardon me? Marty Streak. Oh, yeah. Suicide, you know, and whatever led that, be it drugs, depression, depression. whatever. But but again, the danger of that is bringing that into the mix without any evidence whatsoever, but to solidify your campaign or your point of view to bring the vaccine into it. It's just so it's it's just so reckless. And uh, there's too many people doing that. And kind of immature, to be honest with you. Uh, Of course it is. The uh, Humble and Fred News today brought to you by... Cursing during your commute again. I'm sorry. Humble and Fred uh, emails brought to you by... Cursing during your commute again. I didn't want you to freak out, Dan. Hang on. Yeah, yeah. Cursing during your commute again. Just look pretty. Do you find yourself living at work instead of working from home? Couldn't this have been an email? When it feels like all that's left is work hard, you know it's time to play. 
it's easy to find your next favorite game at Bodog.net. Play free casino games, get poker tips, and check out the latest sports odds. Visit Bodog.net today. Hashtag make a play. And now back to this. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hi Humble guys. and Fred at HumbleandFredRadio.com is how you get a hold of us. Uh, thank you very much for uh, sending notes to us. We appreciate it. You can just skim over this first one. Just go ahead and not skim it, but you don't need to read it word for word. Just a check in from a guy that used to uh, work on our show. Uh, yes, Danny Mags is his name. Uh, really, he directs this at you. He says, "Hi, Howie. Been a while. Hoping you're uh, hope you're staying crazy. Long story short, but I got an afternoon gig in Vancouver. I'll be hosting at a radio station that Phil Evans, your old promo guy, is the new promo guy for this station. So when we were at the Edge, Phil Evans was our promo guy, and Captain now he's at Phil, this yeah. new station in Vancouver. In a long, twisted way of explaining. And, that. and you seem to know about this station because I." Uh, you were saying that our friend Bill was also trying to get a gig there. Uh, yes. Uh, AC Jazz Neil Station. Morrison. Okay. Uh, anyway, Danny says, never thought I'd get there. I don't know if uh, anyone thought I would ever get on the radio. I will try to not fuck it up. No. And he signs it. Can I say this? Yeah, go ahead. I don't care. Because that's what Baby I used to Ju- call him. Oh, Baby Jew Face. Baby Jew Face. Okay. Yeah. And he said he did stand up uh, a little while ago and he was horrible, but uh, and he needs some tips. Um, well, good luck, baby Jew face. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hi, uh, hey, guys. My Hi wife guys. and kids used to spend a week every year renting a cottage on Lake Eugenia, south of Collingwood. It was central to everything you'd want to see. It uh, goes on to explain. This is from uh, Darren Plat- Platax- Platakis. Yeah, Platakis. I, I, I think this is in response to what we were talking about being up in this these areas and how there's so many amazing mm-hmm. places in Ontario. He talks about going to Tobermory. On a similar note, I've lived my entire life in St. Catharines. He's 53 and I've just spent four days seeing things I've never seen, talking about this area. Uh, my trip was to show Canadian Geopark Network <laughs> evaluators around the region as part of our application to become a UNESCO Global Geopark. <laughs> so there you go. Let us let us know how you make out with that. <laughs> so, but thank you, Darren, for taking the time for thinking of us. Much appreciated. Hi guys. Hi guys. Hi guys. Uh, this is our buddy Albert Schmidt. Uh, re-smoking, turning off some shows when you see smoking. I've been watching some Peaky Blinders through the lousy weather over the past couple of days, and a lot of smoking in that show. Man, I told you uh, that. That's how this started. I know. It's ridiculous. Crazy. Albert says, I had a similar problem with one of my fa- uh, wife's favorite shows, Sons of Anarchy. Though with that show, it wasn't smoking that it was my issue. It was hugging. Now, I'm not homophobic, and yeah. I do hug my wife and kids a lot, but I thought the hugging in Sons of Anarchy was excessive. You know? I Every read this. I don't re- released, huh? do, have you ever seen Sons of Anarchy? No. Yeah, I, I, I don't recall there being excessive hugging. Mm-hmm. But I thought that it was an interesting comment from Albert. Mm-hmm. He said all sorts of situations in the show when guys are huggling. Uh, hugging, he says, I guess those motorcycle dudes like fresh fruit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. It got to say. the point that every scene I said, they're going to hug? I was right far more than I was wrong. Cheers, my friends. Maybe he's not one of those guys that hugs himself, right? Like, I mean, buddies and stuff, of course. Well, I, I was just going to say that. But, like, yeah. Somewhere, mm-hmm. do you guys, I don't remember when, but we... 
Uh, certainly the three of us. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, I give my boy Dan a hug when he comes over, or certainly when he mm-hmm. leaves, mm-hmm. we hug each other. You and I have hugged. Yeah. Yes. Uh, some guys are just not huggers. You know. No, I get it. Yeah. They aren't. And sometimes you can tell if they're not huggers, because if you hug them, just sort of that sort of posture they take or that, you know. Yeah. They not hug back. Yeah. I, I've had that. Yeah. You know, or sometimes yeah. you get the, you'll go in for the bro hug, which is basically mm-hmm. you do the hand to hand and then you sort of bring it in for a hug. I went mm-hmm. to do that to somebody just a couple weeks ago and I found out that we are not on a hugging uh, basis because oh. I went to, we, we did the hand. I went in for the bro hug and he basically pushed me away, pushed really? back. Oh, yeah. There was With hug resistance. Comment? No comment, a, just hug resistance. I could feel it. Well, is that also a new byproduct of COVID? Because the thing is, like, it, my our buddy Darren's pretty um, conscious of, you know, COVID and getting diseases and stuff. And the other day I was drinking, like, a low-alcoholic beer, and I took a sip, and I thought, ah, it's not so good. Do you want a sip? And he said no. And I thought, hmm, did he say no because he really doesn't want a sip of this beer, which I know he would, or does, is he afraid that my lips have been on this? And mm-hmm. who knows? I may yeah. have got the COVID in Lakefield earlier today or some at the trailer park. Who knows? Well, I, I, I'd like to say maybe that's the explanation, but I just don't think this guy likes me. <laughs> I definitely... It, it's really... He, he, does, he thinks I'm a dink. Uh, okay, but thank you albert this was from uh this is from uh tony yes he says hi guys howard i know you practice yoga regularly i do i haven't been in a couple months but i do enjoy it he says i found this youtube channel and suddenly became interested in learning would be interested in your review well i would tell you this tony it's a uh, did you click on that no is the um, hyperlink still active for you? Because I would click on it if I were you. Okay. Right. And it's a young woman who, oh. who is doing some yoga poses, not, n- none of which I'm familiar with. But uh, just, just basically, she's got her legs over her oh. head. Oh, and I then see. later yes. in the video, uh, she's showing you how limber she is. Mm-hmm. I'll just say this. She's very attractive, you know. If you can still notice that. Oh, my goodness. No, I know. And she has very pretty feet, Dan. Oh. Mm -hmm. She has beautiful feet and hands. Yeah. Are you seeing what I'm seeing there? Yeah, she can stretch her leg up over her head, and then uh, there's a part part where her legs are both. Anyway, it's it's very. What what did did it get you to thinking? I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. There's listen. There's an entire category on Pornhub of yoga women. If you're interested, this is what I'm saying. If you're it interested, you're thinking. No. Anyway. Hi guys. Hi guys. Thank you, Tony, for that. Uh, our review is yes. It was. Uh, it's a fantastic channel. Uh, this from. <laughs> I like her mint green suit. Mm. Yes. Uh, Bradley Hyder, I'm a regular listener. I play the show on my headphones when I'm walking outdoors or on the subway. You guys keep me laughing. I try to keep it quiet, not to draw attention to myself. Uh, last week, I freaking lost that. I had a complete laughing meltdown. You boys were talking about Perrier plastic water bottles doubling as sex toys. Were we? <laughs> that doesn't sound like us at all. Humble says two uses: drinkies and stinkies. <laughs> <laughs> Did I Couldn't really stop laughing? 
in the country I live, humor is pretty much slapstick and, and gags to passers-by. Uh, it would have uh, looked like I was having a psychotic episode. What country is he in? I have no idea. Okay. Anyway, he says, love you guys. Love you guys. Love you, Bradley. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, at our age, I, I when I read that, I thought, oh, that's pretty funny. I don't remember saying it. Mm-hmm. But it's funny. Hi guys. Hi guys. It's a very humble and Fred kind of laugh. Uh, this is from our friend James Needham. Remember him? Uh, great guy, grocery guy, moved to Barbados, I think, for a couple months, came back. He says, Hi guys, thought you might like this article about the most popular modern prime ministers. Uh, I did not click on it. He goes on to say, I wish the uh, conservative luck, I wish the conservatives luck spinning Polyev marching with that James Top goober. The Tories are just making it easy for the liberals to win another election if Polyev gets in, which I think is an opinion of a lot of people, uh, people that would con- maybe support the conservatives. He says all the best, James. Uh, I agree with that. No, I agree with that totally. I mean, it's the greatest thing. I think Polyev is the greatest thing that ever happened to the liberals or uh, Justin Trudeau if he continues to hang on. Yeah. And uh, from my perspective, it means a vote for the Green Party. Love the Greens. Can't argue with that. Oh, are you, are you against the Green Party? Why is that? Do you not like the Earth, Dan? Exactly. I, no, I'm for the Greens. So yeah, of course you, know, you are. You pay attention to the planet for crying out loud. Yeah, There's exactly. There's way too many distractions in the world. Distracting from, uh, you know, important stuff. Like thank you, Dan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thank you. Okay, I'll go back to laughing. No, no, you're good. Okay. Uh, I just want to thank you for your service. Uh, there's a couple okay. more emails. Fred, go ahead. I don't have a moment. There's it. This is uh, from Tony. Hi, guys. Check out this non-alcoholic beer that's made in Canada called Libra. Libra. Canadian uh, singer-songwriter Serena Ryder is the company's brand ambassador. Interesting. And then he uh, provides the link, so we'll keep that in mind. Tony, thank you very much. Yeah, it's funny how much com- how many conversa- how much conversations or how how much people are talking about non-alcoholic beer. I, you know, I had a conversation with our buddy Darren yesterday about some other stuff, and, and again said I'm looking forward to coming up and. Having some non-alcoholic beers with you guys. I'm going up to my buddy Stinky's this weekend. And I'm bringing some sober carpenters. I'm also bringing those Carlsberg. Is it Carlsberg? Mm-hmm. No, I'm sorry. Klaus Howler. Uh, that are bottled. I'm not sure if I've ever... Because, Dan, you've had the, the ones in cans, the German beer. Yeah, brand. yeah. Mm-hmm. But the, um, the bottled ones have a different vibe, too. I like sometimes I like a bottle of beer. I like to hold the bottle, you know. I prefer holding a bottle, to be honest, than a can. No, I noticed that. Mm-hmm. Is it because the can um, you don't like to feel? It, it gets it doesn't stay cold, or well, all, yeah, kind of. I, I just like the uh, the feel of uh, uh, drinking from a bottle better than yeah. than you know sucking out <clears throat> of a tin top. I think, and I don't. Know, my oh. my color it a little bit, and I also always think about you know uh, rodents getting on the lid of of cans. Just the thing um yeah you know the last couple of sips of a bottle are way better than the last couple mm-hmm. of sips from a can i find for whatever reason um can we ask him about the rodents what are rodents doing in your cans are they taking a shit no in they, your cans? they can uh, rodents in the warehouse wandering around ah. on top of uh, beer cans i mean you know if you take if you have a bottle you take the cap off yes and it's mm. You know, there's no contamination there. Mm-hmm. But you're drinking from something that's been somewhere, right? It's no, I get it. That's a good point. Unattended. Do not. But I mean, it's, I, I can't remember. 
it's been a while since I've done this, but weren't you, weren't we always taught to like clean the top of things like soup cans and, you know, things you're going to open because of that. So that there's, you know, you think about it, you take a can off a shelf, you open it at home and there's some amount of bacteria, whatever that will get into whatever, like your tomato sauce. If you open it without cleaning the top of the can. Yeah, I agree. All right. Well, thank yeah. you for that. Mm-hmm. That's a good rule of thumb, Humble Howard. Thank you for that life hack. <laughs> Wash your hands. <laughs> Why don't you stick that up on a sign? I don't know ever in my life I've taken a can from the shelf and wiped the top of it. Well, you shouldn't. I, mm. I haven't either, but I think people should. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Yeah. I don't do it. But you should. Yeah. All right. Uh, one last email. Okay, sorry. I know it's loud. I know it's loud. All right, Dan. Just relax. That's fine. I'm fine with it. You're doing do you great. Want, thanks, Danny. Do you want me to read this one, or do you want to? Uh, it doesn't matter. It's, it's my turn, but you go ahead. You can read it. I'll answer it. Well, it would be more like a handoff. Yeah, hand it off. Give like me. I present the premise and yeah. then you have the reaction. You see what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this is from Jill Gordon, a woman. Hi, guys. You may want to file this under none of your business, but here goes. I haven't heard Howard mention Rachel lately. You haven't heard who? Howard? <laughs> I said Howard. I thought you said Howard. <laughs> I thought for some reason he, drops, you, he, he left the D the off letter. my name. If I, if I drop the D, excuse me. Now, excuse me. Now, you, now, now you've taken away from this. I'm sorry. Please start again. I and it apologize. And it was on its way to, to being very uh, serious. I know. Impact. Okay, please start again. I haven't heard Howard uh, mention Rachel lately. Hope everything is okay. Well, thank you, Jill. For that question, Jill's not the first person to email me, to text to me, and ask me this question. I think, you know, Hundy P's know me well enough by now, know the show, and uh, have figured out that I haven't really mentioned GFR for a few months, and that's because she's dead. So I. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> Wow. You didn't hear the... Yeah. No, I'm kidding. Not true. Not that, true. That was, that was a bit over the line. I'd really? Say, but, yeah. Uh, she's fine. And uh, Rachel and I have... Uh, well, I just wanted to, you know, amuse you on the way to the truth. And the truth is, you know, at this stage of life, it's hard sometimes integrating yourself into somebody else's life. And, you know, we were together for four and a half years and going to be friends with Rachel further. You know, I'm, I'm still friends with Rachel. You know, we check in every so often, but it really just came down to that, that, you know, we tried and we just found it, you know, hard to, you know, at our age. And and I've said this to somebody, I think if I was 42 and she were 37 versus 62 and 57, you know, maybe we'd keep trying. But it was more like, hey, you know, you have the, the way you're living your life, which is great. She's very, very, you know, she's awesome. And I had the way that I wanted to live my life, which is, you know. Just like we were talking to Ron James about the freedom the, to do what you want. And uh, at 62, I, you know, we kind of came to the conclusion that we just wanted to, to do what we wanted to do and uh, that we weren't going to be doing that together anymore. So 
by way of answering, no, she's not dead. Uh, we're just not together anymore. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I can't believe that. That was over the line for you two? Really? Well, Howard, come on. Death, come on. Really? I'm still stinging from that. But anyway. <laughs> um, well, get over um, it. Yeah, no, you, you know, you explain that. You explain that well. I mean, that's just the flat out truth, is it not? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, she's a great gal and we had a you know a nice time together. And, you know, you've gone through this, Dan. You know, so, you know, especially I think it's tougher to couple up as you get older because, you know, as I sort of jokingly said to her several times, I'm all trained up like I've I don't need any more training. I'm not a you know, I know and I don't want to be trained anymore. And neither did she. You're untrainable. You know what I mean, Jerry? I'm all trained up. I don't need any more training. But, if, you know, it's harder, I think, as you get older, because I don't want to not. I just want to do what I want to do, and she just wants to do what she wants to do. And unfortunately, we couldn't do that together. Um, you know, because I'll, I'll be honest, the last couple months have been a big adjustment for me because, yeah, I'm busy during the day. I have a lot of golf and I've got my family and friends. But, you know, there's you, you get used to having somebody in your life, mm-hmm. you know, three or four nights a week. And and I, and I want to wrap this up in a second, only only to say that, um, you know, it, it, you just get used to it. Even though maybe it's not working for you. It's like, you know, nice to have somebody to go to dinner with or go to a movie. And mm-hmm. and I don't have that anymore. And I miss that. Obviously, I'd like to have that. But at the same time, it just has be- it's become clear to me that that's harder to do mm-hmm. when you age. That's all I want to say about that. And also, too, I haven't said anything because, you know, Rachel's doesn't have a... It's, she's a private person and she doesn't have this forum and... Uh, you know, I didn't really want to get into it, and I don't. I wanted to respect her privacy, and that's kind of why I haven't really talked much about it. I, I heard she was going to start a podcast called "How He's Not Dead." <laughs> I really can't believe that's the that's the deal breaker for you. For those who have been wondering, no, Howard, he's not dead. <laughs> yeah. he's not dead. I would be fine with that. <laughs> you know, it's funny that we went through this with a few of my son's girlfriends, too, because when breakups happen, it affects more than just the, you know, the two people. It right. affects everyone. Well, yeah, no, it does. It does. You know, and, you know you're Rachel friends with sent, her. And Rachel sent Elise a nice, you know, email saying, you know, the obvious enjoyed our time together and you know hopefully somewhere down the line we can see each other or re-engage but who knows that's life and i remember going through that a couple of times with uh you know my son's girlfriends yeah and that's you know you get they integrated become, yeah you know i, I part of, yeah they become part of your life and then all of a sudden because of a breakup they're gone i know her parents her family her mm-hmm. friends um she knows you know my kids same thing you know they all sent notes to each other but in the end, you know, you have to do what you want to do to make yourself happy. And at 62, and, and you know, you don't have unlimited time left to wonder if, they, if things are going to work out. And again, again, so thanks for your message, Jill. And I, I decided today, because this has come up m- multiple times in the last two months. But I woke up today deciding, okay, I'll finally answer this email. Because Jill's not the first person to ask us that. And a couple times it's been on the emails and we've just both skipped it. You skipped it once. I skipped it once. You know what I mean? Like it was there. 
Yes, there was a lot of skipping. A lot of skipping, mm-hmm. and I've, you know, and now that you know, it was about you know, she was on life support, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so that's that. Thank you. For no, your- if you just said if that opening statement you had said, it's okay, everybody. She's not dead. Okay, I would have thought, oh, okay, that's a good way because sometimes that happens. But the way you presented, yeah, it, well, it's just comedy. She's dead. Yeah, it's just comedy. Well, one of her parents just heard that part this morning. Uh, well, I'm, first of all, they would probably think, oh, that's stupid because she's obviously alive. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, live, laugh, love. She's not dead. Um, Dan, do you want to do the news? Because here's the thing. We got time. We got a, right, it's well, our it's, show. And yeah, bo- we do. I, and, I've got a story for you. you all right. Well, let me just get Boone. Great story. Let me get Boone this. in here. I'm going to get love Boone. It. You're going to love it. Okay. You keep By saying way, that, Dan. Hang yeah. on a second. Let me just get Boone here before yeah. you start the news. I'm All sorry. Right. Did you not hear that? No, I did. I was just going to mention something while you were getting Boone. What's that? There. Oh, I just said sort of an alert here. The gas prices in the GTA are, are set to go down by 12 cents at 12.01 today. Another 12 cents? Wow. Drop at 12. Yeah, 12 and, cents. And what, did that, what does that do to? What, what do you mean? What does it do? Yeah, why, did this, why it is it price? Oh, uh, to an average of one seventy nine nine in the GTA. It's probably a little bit lower around these year mm-hmm. points, right? And is there any reason for that? Uh, I haven't. I, I was looking. I can't find a is reason. Is it because Rachel and I broke up? Is that what's happening? <laughs> that could be. Uh, people are staying home now, afraid to, afraid well, to leave. Yeah, their home. I would guess. You know, and they, they dropped twelve or so the other day with the price dropped, and then the Ontario provincial government relaxed some of the tax and. I would say, because it keeps coming up in conversations, people are thinking twice before they travel long distance or make trips that they previously maybe, um, they're not making trips trips maybe they would have before. Right. The last year would have cost twice as much kind of thing, right? Well, this is what I'm saying. So the half su- as much, half as much. Yeah. So the supply isn't going down as much as they thought. So, of course, that affects the price. I'll tell you, going back and forth to all these places for golf mm-hmm. tournaments, I've been to like Port, you know, Shelburne, Port Elgin. I've been to, to London a couple. I mean, it's back and forth. It's pr- it's pretty. Like I'm, it's costing me a hundred, close to a hundred and thirty dollars mm-hmm. to fill my car up, and I'm doing it like one and a half times a week now. Yeah. Well. You know, my little boat that I'm looking at right now as I sit here. Uh, you know, I go down the road to the gas station there, and I have this 25-liter, you know, uh, gas can. It used to be like 20, 21 bucks to fill it. It's over 50 now this yeah. year. You know, gas you can literally, like, hold in your hand, like $50. Just think about that. It's, like, crazy. So, of course, there has been no skiing or tubing for the kids. I'm mm. sorry. That's all been shut down. <laughs> no, really? <laughs> it's all they been shut down. So like, <laughs> Papa, can we go? No. You'll get, on <laughs> they, the, get on the stand-up paddleboard. <laughs> <laughs> no, they play in the boat, and that's it. That's right. You're only allowed to play in the boat. Um, all right, Mike Boone's standing by, but first. Now, here's to a fella named Anduran, a hell of a guy with a hella big wang, the quintessential anchor man. His voice is nice and low. Huh. Anderan, the anchorman comes As for credentials, he has none Can't tell a headline from his bum But his voice is nice and low Danderan, the anchorman's here He's prone to falling off his chair But he's got a big wang, so he don't care And his voice is nice and low 
My voice is nice and low. And now with the Lakeside News, Humble and Fred proud to present Dan Duran. Wimbledon's new quiet room is being used for boinking. Oh, no. The quiet, the quiet room is a space where guests at Wimbledon can retreat for a moment of private meditation, prayer, or reflection, or, you know, simply to escape the crowds around the grounds. Each room has two armchairs, a fold-away table, and charging facilities. But spectators have been reporting seeing sheepish-looking couples emerging from the facility. Hmm. One spotted a man and woman leaving with big grins on their faces. She was in a long-flowing summer dress, and there was no doubt as to why they were coming out with smiles on their face. Mm -hmm. Another guest was using one of the rooms and reported hearing sounds of intimacy coming from the room next door. Uh Uh-oh. So, most spectators are, are, apparently officials are mostly using for intended purposes, however... Fornicating between sets seems to be the new way to score love. Oh. You can love, see love mm-hmm. in the score. Yeah. Trying to my story. I don't know where you find the energy for all this, Dan. <laughs> don't know where you find the energy to scour the internet for these stories. So it was that. Oh, and this room is for who? Not the players, like for spectators or what? No, it's yeah. You you, you pay to get into the whole Wimbledon complex, and I guess oh, they I come see. up with some rooms for you know, like making wow. it all inclusive for everybody. But, but is that so? It's for it's for the crowd being used for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think there's a bit of yeah. It's for the crowd. Yeah, there's a bit of a delay here on his feed. Um, so it's not like oh. it's not for players and, and officials. It's just like you know, two people can just walk into this room and have as little. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You got to be real horny to want to tear one off with the tennis match. Yeah. What is that? It's like, hey, we're going to the tennis match, but first let's have a little sexy sex here <laughs> yeah. uh, in between sets. I get it. Uh, I get here, it. take this forehand. Mm. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. You're on the fucking side of the, uh, Annette uh, Dan, do you have any other stories Or should we get to this week's uh, visit with Toronto Mike nope, uh, Canada's darling let's get to that podcast darling Hello mm-hmm. Michael Let's get to Mike I'm producing GFR's new podcast It's called uh, I Wish He Was Dead Ah, there you oh. go mm. There you go oh, So you're not funny either <laughs> <laughs> Depends who you ask. Hello, everybody. Nice no, to it see d- you. depends on literally. I've asked everyone. <laughs> uh, Toronto Mike, everybody. Another prickly moment with the podcaster that Canada calls its darling. Prickly uh, sandpaper keeps things interesting. Yeah, uh, by the way, earlier you referenced Martin Street because you were talking about why do young people usually die? Like it's usually a. I did. Mm-hmm. Yes. Drugs or suicide or maybe a car accident or like the. Uh, it's not the, the vaccine. The, no, it's not the vaccine. <laughs> but coincidentally, today is the 13th anniversary. 13 years since Martin Street took his own life. Isn't that crazy? And isn't it funny, we mentioned Phil Evans at the beginning of the show. It was Phil Evans who called me while I was here at the park to tell me the news of Martin Streak. My goodness, 13 years ago. And, and weren't you at the park where you're at with Marty not that long before he passed away? Oh, no, just a few weeks before down the lake on Stony Lake golfing. Yeah. 
And I, as I said, he was upset because he thought he was getting, you know, screwed over by Chorus through his departure and stuff like that. But obviously, he never thought it was that deep. So, again, and I'm, I'm sure I've asked you this before. Did you, like, have a sense at all? I mean, looking back on it, it's easy to say that once it, once it happened. But looking back on that encounter with him, other than, you know, another... We've all had conversations with ex-radio employees, some we've had them recently, where they're pissed off, they didn't get what they wanted, the severance wasn't what it was supposed to be, etc. So did it just appear to be one of those conversations? Well, yes, and here's why. Because I had, it, I had uh, been let go by the mix, mm-hmm. right? A couple of years before, whatever that time frame was. And he was, I thought it was more like, hey, Fred, you went through this. How did they handle it with you? Mm-hmm. At Standard Broadcasting, what was your departure like? Were they fair? And through that conversation, I could tell he was somewhat upset because he thought he was being unfair with them. So from that standpoint, no, I didn't because I thought he's just, you know, he's he wants some advice from me because I have been through it. I never dreamed that his despair was that deep. And again, that obviously, that's just one little aspect of it. No, but I think it's a good question. I mean, Mike's had, had many conversations with people that knew Marty. And I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I worked with Martin Street, but I couldn't have told you when the last time I'd seen him prior to that. But uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't know, Boone, did you have you had conversations with people about his state? Yeah, uh, dozens and dozens of people, including Freddie P, who I had over in the early days of Toronto Mike, just to talk about that mm-hmm. experience. Of and what, what do most people report? In terms, of, again, I, I only ask because I wasn't around him much in the later okay. stages, stages. Well, surprisingly, I think for us, although it's difficult to understand his state of mind, obviously we can't we can't even pretend to know what he was thinking. But for those who were around him in those couple of months between being fired and then taking his own life, he was pretty upbeat. Like, remember, he was doing that backstage pass stuff with Ubiquitous Synergy Seeker at the old Redfish. Do you remember this? Yeah, was, yeah, like, yeah. A, so there was actually like activity, and we were just on the verge of you know video in terms of social media and youtube like this is 09 right so it's like this was he there was an opportunity for him and uh, he seemed rather upbeat and keen i've talked to strombo who spent time with him so everybody was shocked that you know he mm-hmm. took this final bow in in that manner and remember he posts on facebook i still have it he posts essentially a suicide note on facebook before he does the deed oh that's too bad yeah, uh, and bad. I, again Ironic that it's 13 years ago on this day, July 6th. Because, the, the, and again, from my like, I knew Marty before he even worked at CFNY, right? Because I knew his brother first. So it was, so I, I knew Marty like he wasn't even 20 years old, I mm-hmm. believe, when I first met him. And just to see the type of kid he was and how ambitious he was and how t- talented ultimately he was, to watch that evolution and then have it end that way, it was just crazy. Uh, Fred, you and Howard were on episode 1021, which we re- mm-hmm. only recorded a couple of months ago. And you remember right. David Marsden telling the story about somebody has to drive this truck for the... Uh, yeah. 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 And, mm-hmm. this, you, know, he, you know, he set it up and then he blew the punchline and we had him do it again, you might remember. Mm-hmm. He yeah, said it was right. Martin Short, but it wasn't yes, Martin right. That's right, Martin Short. <laughs> yes. Well, I, and I'm not sure if I said it on that broadcast, but I've said it before yeah. here that the day I walked into CFNY... At 83 mm-hmm. Kennedy Road. I walked up those stairs. The door opened. The first person that greeted me with Martin, was Martin Street. Yeah. Right. He said, hi. I told him who I was. I was there to as asked, uh, I guess, who I would to be asking for the general manager at the time, Jim Fonger. I had no idea who he was. I uh-huh. think 
Shepard was still there. So Marty hadn't even become. I think Marty at that time was doing the high school road show. Yes. That's what he was doing. Is yeah. that what he was doing? It was to take in the, yep. uh, mm-hmm. the, the, the big road show to high schools for their dances. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, you know, what he, uh, yeah, go ahead, Fred. Another interesting aspect of that, even Chris Shepard before him, you know, I always worked the morning show and I was the sports guy and I wasn't totally into the music, you know, far from it. I never really appreciated the culture that went on at that radio station in the evenings and what the evening programming meant to the listeners. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, like we'd Marty have no idea. Beca- Marty was becoming a star without really me knowing about it because that just wasn't even part of my world, you know? Because I would always judge people, oh, what do they like on the air? What do they like doing a morning show? What do they like? And it was something completely different that I never got to appreciate, almost until it was over, you know? And I would imagine, as you guys being the morning show, which is, of course, the uh, the most... Uh, you get paid the most to be the morning show because you have the most listeners. Mm-hmm. It's the most important block on a, on a radio dial. But even though the audience is smaller for the live to airs, it's such a loyal cult mm-hmm. following. Yes. No, it was. Unintended. No, and that's a really good... No, it's true, though. It's a good point. And, uh, and I made that point about the radio station not appreciating mm-hmm. it. But, you know, all those people that worked in the evening, and it was Strombo and Kim Hughes and Marty Streak yeah. and Dave Bookman and... I think Schwarma produced that show. There was a lot of stuff going on that we couldn't appreciate because we were in bed by 930. Yeah. And and almost like, you know, our our I had this for some reason, this conversation came up recently about Streak at the Phoenix. And I said, well, my relationship to that was one of our interns, Bingo Bob, would right. come back after working the Phoenix on a Friday night, hanging out with Streak and then tell mm-hmm. us stories. We were sort of living vicariously through Bob's yeah. experience with Marty. And just the the stardom that he had in that world. Absolutely. Um, it was crazy. Yeah, all very, all very sad. Well, I, I think it's interesting we've come full circle from Rachel's fake death to Marty's real death. <laughs> I will say, too, you know, those... And again, when you talk about audience size, more people listen to the Hubble and Fred show in the morning, obviously, but our share wasn't as large because in the evening... That's right. The share of the audience, CFNY, or The Edge, was always number one because right. the people listening to the radio in the evening... Because generally people tend not to, but those who did, he had the, they, he had the uh, market cornered. He yeah, really the, did. The, and, see, and, that audience share in the evening, whether it was live oh, to airs crazy. or or mm-hmm. just regular evening programming, live in Toronto and all that, it was enormous. Oh, yeah. Our yeah. best share as a morning show, uh, I'm going to say like in a, in, in a couple of years there where we were number one, our 18 to 34 year old share would have been maybe a five, maybe Five five, those guys in the evening. What do you? Mm-hmm. I, does that not sound right? No, eighteen thirty four. We would have been more than a five. Okay, so overall we were a five. We would have been around yeah. Then. Okay, yeah. So twelve plus we were a five. Those guys twelve yeah. plus in the evenings would have been in the twenties. Oh yeah, or maybe more. I missed uh, pulling it out, but it was quite. Mm-hmm. It was quite something. Uh, baby Boone. Can we do a quick check? And there's four of us on the Zoom right now. Uh, I want to know about who's had COVID and how many times, because I just read about the most recent strain being as contagious as measles. So every strain of this thing is yeah. much more contagious than the previous strain. strain. Who have you? Who here has, at least as far as you know, has had COVID? Uh, well, I don't think any of us. Have you guys had it? No. 
Okay. So that's a statistical anomaly that the four of us, as far as we know, have right. ever had COVID. I only hesitate because a couple weeks ago, uh, Charlie, who I saw last night, she's had it twice. And the second time was just a few weeks ago. The day after Father's Day, she was here. And the next day, she said, I've tested positive. And I spent some time with her that day on that Monday. And for the rest of the week, I was sort of on alert. I tested myself. I came out negative, as you would imagine. But uh, I would say that Thursday, Friday, Saturday of that week, I felt like I was getting a cold. Not a bad one, but I just sort of felt that sort of tickly feeling. Right. And I, as I said to you guys on the air, I wasn't sure if it was my allergies because I have been. I don't know about you, Dan, too, but I've been acting up a little bit the last couple of weeks. So I sort of chalk it up to that. But I, I was talking about it with Charlie, strangely enough, Mike, last night. And, and Charlie claims or she thinks that I had a mild case of it. Maybe. Mm-hmm. But that's as close as I've come. Uh, you, you didn't test yourself. I did. Oh, did you do a test? Okay. I tested oh, myself did? the second. Yeah, yeah, he was negative. My first test was negative. And then I never tested myself again for the rest of the week because I never felt bad, to be honest with okay. you. Because right now we're at a point where I know more people who have had it than haven't. Uh, and I keep wondering when it's going to show up because, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm living my life. I'm at concerts. I saw a tea party in Moist on Saturday. I'm going to be at a concert tonight. I'm at a concert Friday night. Like, I'm out doing stuff. I was at the Jays yeah. game Sunday. It's just... Oh, my goodness. Yeah, you know, i got to live your life, Freddie. You You're a man once. about town. You only live um, once. The thing is, too, that test, Howard, it's funny, though. Was it the green box test? The yeah, the uh, Sobeys test. Rapid yeah, test. I keep reading that, you know, those are hit and miss, too. So, Well, my, my buddy Paul's wife got it. She's our age, younger than us by maybe a couple years. But she got it a couple weeks ago. And I went out there to pick up Stan. That's where Stan lives when I'm not uh, mm-hmm. available. And the first week, you know, all the symptoms you've read about, but now into week three, you know, she's back at work, but, you know, she was having her lunch yesterday and no sense of uh, taste, no smell yet. Like, it's, a, it's funny, and I, I sort of, not that you need to be reminded, but how real it is and how it affects older people much more uh, aggressively. You know, Charlie sort of had a cold, felt bad for three or four days, and now she's fine. Yeah, you you don't want to play Russian roulette with this one. And sure. again, as we mentioned earlier, you know you have, you, you have those creepy forces on the outside want to continuously, you know, discount this and pretend it's some kind of freaking conspiracy. And again, the 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 news that I'm hearing more and more again about these variants that we could have the fall could be a problem mm-hmm. which is such a depressing thought but on that note you three have had four shots right yes I have I have yeah okay so I'm not eligible for a fourth yet I'm wondering when the heck that's going to happen like let's get the fourth shots in the rest of the adults before this you know before September why aren't you eligible your age yeah age oh, okay Right. When is your age category uh, going to be released? They have not announced that. And uh, I'm wondering what the delay is. Like, it's been a long time since you guys got your shots. I'm not that much younger than you guys. Oh, you're quite a bit younger, Mikey. You're quite a bit mm-hmm. younger. I got my fourth shot uh, somewhere in the last couple of months, as did you. Did, uh, right, Freddie? Yeah, and I'm, that's my attitude. It's like a fifth shot, sure. Tell me where to go. Yeah, and when put I'll, it in my I'll eyeball. I don't care. I'll be there. Dan, how many shots have you had? You know, I'm one of those weird people that I probably know three or four hundred people in my life, and nobody's died or really got horribly sick. So, 
from the vaccine. No, it is weird. It seems the only yeah, people that weird. the only people that know anyone that's died from the vaccine are anti-vaxxers, which I find only nine <laughs> listeners, Fred. Only nine sixty <laughs> listeners die from the vaccine. Daniel, have you had four shots? No, I've had three, but I'm I'm right around the corner from getting the fourth. So, what is the delay? I just haven't found a place where it's at, and I haven't worked too hard at that. But you know, well, we don't want anything bad to happen all. to you, though. What's that? We can't. A, a man of your age can't. We can't leave it up to chance. Yeah, we can't afford to lose you. You're right. We can't lose you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. And we've lost so many. Point taken. <laughs> <We've>, <laughs> As you well, know, we've lost so many. If, uh, anything happens. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. right. Mm-hmm. And we'll get Rachel to this come in here and do the news. music plays. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> GFR is bringing you the news. That's uh, right. Starting Monday. Yeah, we're not together anymore, but she's replaced Dan Duran as the. Hey, Boone, by the way. A few weeks ago, a month or so, maybe two months ago, remember uh, Tony Clement said that maybe he might be able to get Poliev on our show? I would love to have that, but I don't think he'd come within a million miles of here now. But no, Especially well, after the Wood video. Yeah. <laughs> Did you hear the news this morning? Have you heard the news that uh, Patrick Brown has been yes. disqualified? Yeah, we yeah. heard that. Okay. I smell a rat through that. Oh, yeah. Patty Brown. It's done. No, I'm no political analyst, but I would think that the, the conservative voters who uh, don't want PP can now, that's funny to say PP, can now just align behind Jean Charest, I would think. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so typical. Let's dust off the old guy and see where it takes us. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, and, and, and I know we've talked about this before, but how much better, and I use Hillary Clinton as an example, say what you want about her, but how much different the last four years would have been so many things would be different. Oh, yeah. The January sixth, mm. the mm-hmm. vaccine, the COVID, the the Supreme Court. You know, they talk about those idiots down there talk about court packing the court. How is it not packed by conservatives? There's six conservatives on it now. All of this would be different. My point is, where are the women in Canada? Where are the Canadian female leaders? Like, where's that? Is there no one in the in the wings that? We could could start in the conservative party, in the liberal party, some party where a woman can maybe lead this country. Well, okay, but Christia Freeland is waiting in the wings. She's the heir apparent to uh, Justin Trudeau, <laughs> and she is a woman. Well, I tell you, man, I know, but you're right. But Howard's right too. It's like you'd think they make up half the population. For Christ's sake, where are they? You know, Kathleen Wynne won a majority person. for uh, mm-hmm. this big province. Kathleen Wynne. Oh no, 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 no! I know, and there are examples, just not enough, and not yeah. enough, and and not often enough, and you know, for so many reasons, you know, you go back to traditionally forty, fifty years, they weren't even considered as a possibility for leaders for mm-hmm. such ridiculous reasons. Like they're too emotional. Meanwhile, it's fucking every bad decision ever made is from old fucking white guys. <laughs> anyway. Shout out to Maggie Thatcher. Hey, man, uh, you got some show stuff for next week. We're actually going to do three shows next Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. So, Bill Brio, first Monday of every month. Uh, we nice. did work last Monday, so he's going to be uh, the 11th. That's this coming Monday. Bill Brio. Jeff Lumby. Uh, Howard, did I hear a rumor that you're going to make a trip to uh, France? Uh, I am. I'm heading there in the That's fall. That's exciting. I'm going to hang out with Lumbee at his place for a week or so. 
take carry on. Can you imagine the the carry on now with people going? I don't want my bags to get lost in yeah. that mess that's Toronto Pearson. I'm going to take carry on. I, I did that coming back from Calgary. I just had a carry yeah. on. I just walked by this enormous lineup of yeah. people waiting for their bags. That's the mm. move, anyway. You should be. I've been. You know, that's how I've been rocking forever. But. When you have kids, it's hard to do that. No, but, no. Okay, so well, because you can't stick your kids in that overhead bin. It's not they don't. Well, I've tried. I've tried. <laughs> All right, Wednesday, Wednesday on the program, Dave Trafford makes mm-hmm. his uh, humble and Fred debut. Dave was the uh, anchor guy. Did a lot of. Uh, he was also, I think, the news director for a while at CFRB News Talk Ten Ten. Yes, and related through marriage to the aforementioned Bingo Bob Willette. And uh, we'll find out if he was ever abused by John Derringer. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, well, some men were, I will point out. Just oh, of people. course they were. This is what I'm saying. We got to take inventory. Oh, wait, what's the status <laughs> of that? I know you. You, <laughs> <laughs> you fucking. Oh, Derringer, he would finger bang the odd guy. Uh, because you guys get a bump every time we mention his name, I feel I should ask uh, do we know what's going on with that internal chorus investigation? Any uh, status updates? No. No. Because the women we've talked to, they wanted to be talked to as witnesses, not complainants. So they all more or less rejected the the opportunity. Well, Jennifer did, too. So there's nobody then <laughs> who's going on. No one's talking to this lawyer. That must be the delay that nobody will speak to the lawyer because of these terms. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. yeah, it's a crazy situation. And it's sort of fallen out of the news as these th- things tend to. You know, M- Maureen mentioned it. Just in one part of what she said was, and I thought it was interesting. I never followed up with her about, she said, well, they've all been suspended, probably with pay. And I know, I don't, I was going to say I know, but I would imagine that they do that because they're not allowed to make a judgment until there's been an investigation. So think about that. He, whatever he's making a month at, you know, a couple million a year, he's been clocking yeah. that while sure. all this is going on. One thing that uh, one of my takeaways yesterday when uh, Maureen said he wasn't so bad on Ryan Parker, but he was relentless on Johnny Garbutt. Remember Johnny? Like, I haven't seen him in years, but what a sweetheart kid he Mm -hmm. is. Yeah. And I'm just thinking, you know, and again, he'd be the age of my kids. And you fucking bastard. If you put my one of my my kid through that for what? For what reason? Because you're insane. Would just drive me crazy. It's just the way, and again, I don't know John well, but Johnny Garbin, but just what I do remember, just a sweet, nice kid. Yeah, go ahead, Mike. Possibly, and remember, how could you possibly unload on him? Like, I again, I'm being naive, maybe, but I don't know. In that interesting dynamic, that it turns out Johnny and uh, Ryan Parker are high school BFFs. Like they're they're buddies, they're high school buddies. That's how I guess Ryan gets the job so i wonder what so, those kids are going to do those two would they would their jobs be savable salvageable well how do you show your face back in there especially like if you're ryan parker like look at ryan you know people have criticized him because he didn't speak up and a lot of reasons for that some you can understand but you know my best friend forever is johnny garbett i'm going to stand in a room and let this maniac yeah. Right, scream and rant and rave at him. At what point do you say, you know what? I'll say something. We've all seen the movies where the uh, guard at Auschwitz gets uh, sentenced. <laughs> right? No, hold on. I'm not su- no. Come on, I'm not doing that. What I'm saying okay. is, you're taking orders at Auschwitz. Your orders, right. you know. 
And you're still you're still guilty of war crimes, even though you're just taking orders. Yeah. That's yes. all. That's yeah, all, I mean, I, you're compare. not the first person to compare chorus in the uh, early 2000s <laughs> to Auschwitz. So get on you. Um, no, but I get what you're saying. Like I, I, I you know, she said that he. I found it also interesting that he didn't unload on Ryan. But I, I remember differently. I remember Ryan, Ryan, when he was John's, just his intern, being abused as well. No, again, I never heard John yell at him or ever. Or, or, but I told that story about Ryan having to do his laundry, you know, picking up his dry cleaning. Like, he was more of a personal assistant. He had to go to the washroom with him. That's what Maureen told me. Like, if, if John Derringer was going to the washroom, so, so did Ryan Parker. So Ryan took uh, his share of John Derringer abuse, but by the time Ryan was making a grown-up living on that show, maybe Derringer gave him a pass because he knew he needed somebody in his corner. I, I don't know, but I can again, I'm not defending Ryan, but I can understand why you wouldn't want to cross John in those situations because he was probably making a hundred grand a year being the sidekick on that show, and that's a, a healthy living to jeopardize. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, back to your again, I know what your point, your, you know, the Auschwitz thing is, is that you don't know you. you right. Even though you're taking orders, you're still accountable. Yeah, for I your action. Well, I I've said to somebody the other day who, you know, might know. Um, I said, was this a super blown opportunity for Ryan? Because was Ryan maybe in the position if John retired, would Ryan just take over the show? through heritage and familiarity and it was there this person's opinion that no he just wasn't strong enough uh so who who knows what happens to them it would probably be better and easier for chorus to just make a complete break because how do those guys walk back in the room with a new jock no i guess that's your answer there in that uh Mm -hmm. okay so that's next week fearless fred for what it's worth who still has not apologized to me by the way But well, it's uh, think, uh, yeah. one one thing is interesting about all of it is taking so long. I mean, I, maybe that's a strategy in itself. Mm-hmm. That, that well, as Howard said, Derringer's probably going, "Yeah, take all the time you want," because <laughs> well, the yeah, paychecks keep coming in. Well, and as soon as Dan, as soon as they find him, as soon as there's a decision, and again, not knowing the contract, but assuming that in the contract, what is it called? Uh, you know, the cause for. You know the moral moral clause and whatever Dan. Mm-hmm. At that point, they get to stop paying him, mm-hmm. and I don't know. Like, there's got to be a huge severance in that. But I'll I'll bet that what they're doing is maneuvering it in such a way that they're trying to get out of whatever severance they would have had to oh, pay definitely. him. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, that would well, that would be it. Like, what other strategy is there now? You know, other than money, as usual. Because he's not coming back on the air. He no, could, that's that not would, happening. That would be suicide. No, no, no. But I'm just—I'm wondering if part of it is the internal politics uh, of the organization. If they're trying to, like, the longer you, the the more mm-hmm. distance you put there, the the safer some of the executives are. Yeah, perhaps yeah, because, because yeah. it becomes old news. No, you're right. And uh, and people whose opinion I respect, like you know that Doug Murphy guy trying to cover his ass, the guy at the top, and he knew about it and. There's this other guy in that uh, chorus thing right now named Brad Phillips, and everybody I talk to, nobody has any respect for him. They think he's a buffoon, and he's running for cover, and on and on and on. Dan, I don't know if he was there. He was probably gone, Brad Phillips, by the time you came to Moose Jaw. 
Mm. Or was it? Did I work with him in Vancouver? It may have been Vancouver. But he was, was it, a, yeah. He, well, he was in uh, Calgary too, wasn't? Yeah. He? No, you know what, Dan? You're right. Yeah. But he was a Moffat guy for a long time. Moffat yeah. was the chain of stations that Dan and I in Kingsbury and Lumbee worked for. But Brad Phillips was. From what I remember, and again, I don't know anything about the guy now, but in those days, he was a pretty well-respected jock. Was he not, Dan? Was he not like one of those big yeah. voice guys? And yeah, he's one of those guys who were kind of like Len Tucson, Brad Phillips. And yeah, then, like a Dan Williamson-style voice, yeah. big jock guy. And and his name surfaced years later, Freddie. I think, again, I, I had lost track of him. He came, went into management, and I guess now he's at the VP level, of course, but... Yeah, it's one of those f- funny things because when I was a kid, I looked up to Brad Phillips as a guy who was like a big jock in the system and just weird how it all shakes out in the end, my friends. Hmm. All right, Dan, uh, have you had enough of this? Do you want to go and do your paperwork and such? You- yeah, things I got to do on my list, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, everybody. Well, that's it for us for this week. It's uh, we've done extra long shows to try and make up for it. We got best of shows. Boone, can you hang around a second? We got to talk about uh, inserting some sponsor stuff into some best ofs. Are you cool with that? I'll be here, buddy. And Thanks, just to Tom. give you an update here uh, on the lake, it's another sort of October sky, cool and not very nice. It's been a crazy summer. But Crazy are you still going to be able to do the three L's today? Live, love, and laugh? Yes, my brother. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Humble and Fred. <laughs> I just love our version of that. Complain, whine, bitch. Yeah. Fuck everybody. Humble and Fred, two out of three ain't bad. <laughs> That's right. Oh, don't tell us what to do, live, laugh, love. How dare you? All right, everyone. Take care. We'll see you on Monday. This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by Bodog, Gig Sky, The Retirement Sherpa, The Chambers Plan, Health Gauge, Relaxicare, and DraftKings. Email us at humbleandfred at humbleandfredradio.com. Like us, we'd appreciate that, and subscribe as well. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran. <sighs> Two shows and I'm exhausted. Join us Monday. We saw the lights turn low, the jigsaw jazz and the get fresh flow. Pulling out jobs and jamboree handouts, two turntables and a microphone. Bottles and cans, or just clap your hands, or just clap your hands. Where's that?